Welcome back to Made in the 80s, podcast about the 80s by people who were made in the 80s. I'm Shalia, and we have... Tim. And Kendon. Made in the 80s crew is back again for another fun episode of this 80s podcast. And today's topic is another tribute uh, to somebody who passed away recently that we love so much, which is John Singleton this time. And the tribute is Boys in the Hood. Mm -hmm. I got a lot to say about this, turns out. Um, So... Hopefully you guys do too. Yeah, of course, yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah, I read some things. <laughs> kind of one of those foundational movies for mm-hmm. for some of us kids. Yeah, for so, sure. So, but first, um, do we have any news? Uh, just that we got a trailer for the new Rambo movie, <gasps> Rambo Five: The Last Last Blood. Ooh. Uh, the Last Blood. Last Blood. Who drew Last Blood, Shalia? I don't know. It depends. Are you talking metaphorically, or are you talking about the actual blood? My guess is that it's not Rambo. Hmm. So, Rainbow Five Last Blood comes out this year. Stars, obviously, Sylvester Stallone, Paz Vega, Louis Maldalore, a bunch of other people I've never heard of. So, yeah, it'll be um, interesting to see how they end this movie yeah. franchise. No, <clears throat> I feel like a lot of things are ending right now. <laughs> yeah. I want them to. But new things start, right? When, when something ends, that's, it's always the birth of something else. So Fair enough, Shalia, but when was yeah. the last Rambo? Uh, 2000s. Damn, man, another one in the Yeah, 2000s. it was, it was, it, it was just was like, it like getting, the son of Rambo? No, no, it was like a Rambo, it was like just people getting shot up. It's got some of like, one of the, some of the goriest, like, violent, like, shoot em up scenes. <laughs> where he like goes in to help retrieve some people who are stuck. Rambo 4 was 2008. Yeah, 2008. Which is still over a decade ago. Yeah. Weird Violent. To think. Crazy, like you can look on YouTube and there's some crazy scenes from that. You know, I kind of, I recall a specific picture that I'm seeing here. Yeah. But you remember, it? remember we went over this, um, when we did Rambo, that, they probably lo- like missed to the point in the rest of the Rambo movies. We watched yeah, that first sure. Rambo movie and I was like, this is not about a murderous, like, or like just all about some the guy action. that's sitting on missions. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. like, it's, it's, um, it's like the first Fast and Furious was about them stealing DVDs, <laughs> DVDs and DVD car parts. Players. <laughs> DVD players. <laughs> and like street racing. Now they're like, now the last time we saw them, The Rock is is re- redirecting a torpedo on an ice as they're chasing foreign cars across. The ch- they're being chased by a, tur- a submarine on ice in uh, $500,000 vehicles. And, and Shalia might agree with me. Still not as exciting as a bunch of Samoans going up against mercenaries. You're, you're, I know you cannot wait for that scene. <laughs> she, hey, listen. I don't know, man. I it's, don't a, know. It's, a, it's a problematic uh, parallel to make, but she did like the Ewoks going up against the Empire. I think I made that parallel last week. Yes, okay. thank you. Just, you know, don't be uh, gaslighting on what I said. Yes. Nobody's gas. I'm agreeing with you. Oh, it, should, okay. it should be fun. But yes. I'm saying it's problematic coming from me. Yeah. Mm, fair. The movie, I think the movie's going to be fun. Good. Which one? Rambo. No. Hobbs and Shaw. Hobbs and Shaw. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Rambo. Wait, wait, hold on. We're, Ra- what are Ra- we talking about? Rambo. I think it's, we're we're hey, past hey, hey, hey. it. You get us. Hmm? You're taking me. To what? Or are you taking her? To what? Hobbs and Shaw. You actually, you got to take her. I mean, she wants to go. Yeah. I want to go. I'll go. I'll let you know. I'm in. We'll I, uh, <sighs> okay. So speaking of things, I wanted to go to. Mm-hmm. Lion King is coming. It is. We're in June. It's Lion King month. July is Lion King month. Oh. Yeah, sorry. What's June? Oh, Toy Story. Toy Story. Toy Story is this month. <laughs> Toy Story is June. I don't know why. Oh, sorry. I didn't mean to. 
No, 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 no. But Lion King, they're, they're pushing the promo out. They put out char- like 11 character posters the other day. We're going to get another starting. trailer with some actual dialogue, I imagine, and some of the singing that's coming soon. Yeah. Probably attached to Toy Story. I was surprised. So one of the things that we're going to talk about soon is what we've been doing, and Aladdin's one of them. Yeah. I was surprised that Lion King was not a trailer or a, one of the previews. Spacing them out. Got to space it out. Yeah, but they're not that far apart. I was kind of surprised. Like, you also, be they might be pretty excited. confident. That they don't need to. Yeah. yeah. Well, and they were doing Toy Story. <clears throat> yeah. So it was like, okay, maybe they're, yeah. Anyway, um, any other news? Uh, that's it for me. Kenan, you had news. Do you remember? No, I don't. You're, um, so Kenan has kickstarted a game, and it's on its way. Is that right? Oh, yeah. God, I think it was probably you, 2015. You bought a game on a kick for a Kickstarter. And yeah, for them to lose. develop it. I didn't even buy it. Well, I, I get a copy of the game, but it was the backer tier I don't know if people know what Kickstarter is. It's crowdfunding. It's one of the early crowdfundings. Friends now. So for different tiers, one of the tiers is you get the games into. Yeah. So okay. basically, if, if you pay sixty dollars, they'll give you the game, which is the game would probably cost like fifty dollars anyways, but whatever. And you hope to make it made because yes. this was like years ago. You it was one of the most provided. successful video game one. What do you call it? Uh, uh, Kickstarters ever. It's so a, a quick explanation. It's uh, there's a game series called Castlevania. Mm-hmm. It's also a Netflix series, Castle which I'm Netflix going series. to start watching yeah. to celebrate this. Um, mm-hmm. Castlevania is just about the, is typically about these vampire hunters. A bunch of them are from the same family, but then there's offsuit, offshoots. The, the Van Helsing's, no, the Belmarts, the, the Belmonts, Belmonts. Um, and the uh, the first one is from the early early 80s. It's I remember that game. Yeah. Ooh, then we don't talk too much about it. If it, if the if Castlevania is I'm based on the 80s, I'm not playing those original Castlevania no, 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 games. But I'm just saying if we, that makes it that we could do Castlevania as a topic, which means we could do this Kickstarter and the show. No, no, uh, no, not be, We could potentially the do the show. But, it sounds but, like it started in the 80s. Like I'm us. not. I, I'm not taking away from the potential that we do something Castlevania related, but we should probably just do one on the NES. I think that would be a better episode. Yes. That's not the 80s. Yeah, it yeah, is. It is. Oh, okay, then. <laughs> 1985. So, once again, we don't have to go too much into it, because right. it sounds like this is a future topic. Or not. So, the, the game series. So, anyways, <laughs> the game series is Castlevania. Uh, it's, it started off as these side-scrolling games, like, just like the original Mario, except for instead you're whipping, like, uh, you, you have a weapon, it's a whip, you're fighting yes. different monsters. Did you play um, it? Yeah, but it's not my... I don't like it. Yeah, I didn't like it either. So, the first several of them were very much like a Mario game where you fight to the end of the level, and then after a couple of levels, there's a boss. Okay? Mm-hmm. Now, a seminal game that came out... Uh, actually, Met- it's related to Metroid. Metroid yeah. is very different. Metroid is uh, it's side-scrolling, but you're exploring a map, mm-hmm. and you're finding new powers and abilities, and as soon as you get a new power, you can then reach a new part of the map because you're able to get past a barrier that the designers put there. So your character gets more powerful, more capable, and you're able to explore more of the map, Mm -hmm. right? The reason why that's important is there's a seminal game from the PlayStation 1 era called uh, Castlevania Symphony of the Night, okay? And there's a lot of reasons why it's it's important, but one of them is that it, it combined the elements of the two, of these two game series I just talked about into one, which... Some people call it Metroidvania, and some people don't like that term. But I think it sounds fine. Anyways, the first this this game, Symphony of Night, was uh, was not created, but like the the head person on it was uh, Igarashi, um, and 
he made some really awesome games like that um, where I just love the precision of the 2D game. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, eventually Konami decided they were just going to make uh, pachinko machines or something. Mm-hmm. They kind of went over to gambling, essentially, in Japan. Mm-hmm. Um, so they stopped. Lots they were in that. Yeah. They were also the company behind um, Metal Gear Solid. If oh, anybody snake. is. Yes. Exactly. One of my favorite games. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. that, that game is nuts. School. Um, so basically he doesn't have access to it cause they still own Castlevania. They're licensing it out to do whatever, but they're not making games anymore. So in order for him to keep making that sort of game, he was like, he, he decided to do a Kickstarter and it's like one of the most, uh, it's called, uh, bloodstained ritual of the night. It's basically the same thing, but with different characters because he doesn't have access to the original characters. So, but it's not, it's, yeah, so he's not breaking any laws by doing this. No, but, not at all. No. And, but it's, it's new thing and it's coming, right? Like it's. Okay. It's yeah. So it's been like four years. Up. That's the news. Yeah. yeah. And, and actually it was reminding me of this because like earlier today I got an email, a Google alert even, and it was like, Hey, you need you to c- confirm your address. Cause we're actually going to ship this out. Um, and, w- and another funny thing about it is that when I bought it 2005, right? The Switch wasn't out. The PlayStation or the PlayStation Vita, which is a, a handheld that's kind of defunct now, was out, and we had the Wii U. Remember? Mm-hmm. So when I picked a version, I picked the Wii U version. Mm. And in the intervening time, they were like, "Yeah, it looks like the Wii U is kind of a done thing." Um, so anybody who pre-ordered for that, we're gonna you know transfer it for free to another system. So um, I ended up. Getting the Switch version, which is cool because most of these games I've played actually on a handheld anyways. Nintendo Switch. Pretty exciting. So Club South End has now produced a podcast and a video game, sort of. That's saying a lot. I wouldn't wouldn't exaggerate that far. We're not going to be saying that anywhere else, but in my mind, I'm going to be very proud. Because it's also it's also particularly exciting because uh, we're probably going to start doing travel, and it's the perfect sort of game for like a car ride or a plane. Something like that. Speaking of, uh, never mind. I'm not going to go there. Please, let's go there. That's why we no. have the show. No, we're not going there. Any other news? That's it for me. Uh, nothing. Nothing else. Nothing else, Kendon. Nothing <coughs> else. No other news. Okay. What have you guys been up to? What are you doing? Thinking about? I watch Rocket Man. Rock, how's the music? It's good. It's good. If you like Elton John, it's good. Nice. Is but it just from that one album, or is it from all, like all? Because it's, it's from it's a lot of different him, albums, right? Yeah. Okay. It's, I mean, it spans a big chunk of his life, but not like we don't get up to date Elton. We get a bunch of title cards. Did um, Bohemian Rhapsody come out in 2018? Yeah, last year. Okay. Okay. So this says Taron Edgerton playing Elton John, Sir Elton John. Now, didn't Sir Elton John ask him? To be the one to play him? Probably. I don't know. Who would you pick to play you? Like, who would you say, hey, can they're making a movie about me. For whatever reason, they're making a movie about me. Will you please play me? John Hamm. John Hamm. <laughs> Zac Efron for me. <laughs> who for you, Tim? Zac Efron. <laughs> yeah. I'm laughing. Um, I'm hanging out with John Hamm and Zac Efron right now. Who would have thought? You're welcome. Which is sexy. <laughs> Who's sexier? Um, I don't no, know. Taron Edgerton is great. He's he. The what, what I appreciate about the film is they do these very dreamlike sequences that 
during these musical performances and they transition well from like a performance to like this dreamy state of performance to like something feels like a like a theater play like a ballet kind of scene then to another musical performance it's really smart like how they've done it it's really like eye-catching and brilliant so if you like musicals if you like elton john i would highly recommend seeing rocket man and we know him from kingsman yes <clears throat> i saw like one trailer it- he looks the part. He looks it. He he does it a lot. And I, I wouldn't really. have thought so because I don't think of Elton. Jo- so he also has a bro look to him. If you want to, like yeah. in those movies, like he looks like he could be in an action movie or mm-hmm. like like a, like a, what do you name? Oh, what's the Guy Ritchie movie? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like he sees. But then now, and that's not what I think of uh, Elton John as. No, no, but it's good. It's a good movie. Definitely. Didn't Guy Ritchie do The Kingsman? No. No, he did Aladdin though. He did do Aladdin. So, so right before we get there. Oh, no, we don't want to do Aladdin yet. Another thing we've all been doing, because I just want to touch on it because I've been excited, is there's a new show. Okay, we all just had some taco time. And while we were eating our tacos, eat fresh. We were watching um, the first few minutes of uh, Good Omens, Mm -hmm. which I was actually got pretty excited by the uh, advertisement. So, good job, Amazon. Yeah. Um,. I think it's about the end of the world. Yeah. And about two... Well, I guess one's a demon. Yeah. And one's an angel. The angel played by Michael Sheen or Martin Sheen? Michael Sheen. Michael Sheen. And, um... <laughs> yeah, I was That's not who I thought it was. <laughs> and the, the, the demon... I thought that was Simon Pegg. Oh, okay. Is that what you're going to do? Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> Um, <laughs> I gotta look this up. The, the demon is played by David Tennant. Mm-hmm. They're both amazing. I'm surprised in something more major they haven't been put together before, like, before because I think that it's such an obvious and good pairing so far. Yeah. And a really good opening to the series. They're really yeah. funny and, and engaging. and sort of sets the tone for the show. About to binge this after I finish Chernobyl. Yeah. So that's another thing that we've been watching. Well, we talked about that last week. Yep. We're going to have an episode about that. Um, okay, so some things that I've been watching. One is I've been watching a little bit more of the Patriot Patriot Act oh. with Hassan Minaj. Hassan his name. How do you say his name? Hassan Minaj, Hassan Minaj I think. Minaj? Nope. Yeah. His stand-up? Well, how do you say it? He said how to say his name correctly. He did a whole video about <laughs> it. Yeah, but I don't listen to him. <laughs> <laughs> I've been watching some of it, but like, he irritates me It's like me Hassan Minaj. It's like it's how it flows. Hassan. Hassan Minaj. No, oh, like, so not Hassan. Hassan. Yeah. But did I say the last name correctly? Yeah. I'll find the video. I'll send it to you. <laughs> so that's what I was going to say is that I've been watching it. The first f- couple that I watched didn't get me. I think, Kendra, maybe I saw it with you and I was just kind of like, hmm. I thought it was a stand-up. It is. Yeah. but There's it's more like, than one? Yeah. 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 He has episodes. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So I watched the first one. I thought I was, watched it with you, Kendon. And I was just like, meh. But then some other ones have caught my attention that I have been watching. Um, so... That is, that's one thing. I remember, I was going to bring it up for a reason, but I don't remember what it is. If I remember later, I'll tell you guys. While we're on these, I want to mention um, Ken Jeong, who's from Community, and also the Hangover series, has one that I, I haven't made it all the way through, but I wanted to watch with you. Okay. I'll watch with you. I'm down for that. Um, and then another thing that I've been up to is a documentary type show. I don't know if it's a documentary. Mm-hmm. Um, it's about psychedelics and like this, like really nerdy guy goes around like looking for different, like things that get you high. Um, so he's like 
toads with like psychedelic slime but it's kind of weird because like, it starts with that kind of stuff or, like mushrooms to like the last couple episodes are about meth like meth well, and opioids and like, okay so shalia so said like, i was just like huh shalia said he's a nerdy guy but by that she means he's like a trained pharmacist slash pharmacologist very nerdy but yes yeah, this, this is—he's not just like some guy in his from his garage, like I'm gonna go yeah. high around the world. He's I mean, but that's kind of what he might like. kind of he's, be he's like. Kind of what he's doing is getting high around the world. So he's someone who who understands what he's talking about, right? Because it's mm-hmm. it's actually that you're getting it, it's info it's informational. Yeah, right. It can be inf- he's informative. Informative. There we go. In mm-hmm. a way, yeah. Yeah. So it goes from like yeah m- mushrooms and things that are just in nature to like. Talking about people who are mixing around chemicals to create these drugs. So well, like they interviewed like the first guy who created MDMA. Yep. Right. They talk wow. about MDMA. Um, I actually don't know if they do meth. It might have been MDA, MDMA that I was thinking about. But yeah. Anyway, so were that, the people's teeth falling? <laughs> don't get high on your own supply, right? I thought MDMA people. What? What? What do you mean? So MDMA is like ecstasy, right? It's like Molly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, while meth. meth is, it's, it's breaking bad. It's meth. When you, when you're a meth addict, eventually you you like get the calcium leached out of your teeth, something like that. And your teeth get brittle and they break. And there's a, that's why, that's how you could oh. tell whether or not so you were, like, were a bunch of people like at, at a party, like, oh man, or were a bunch of people like tweaked out, tweaked out, so like I taking apart the remote control. <laughs> I thought you lose your teeth because you eat so much candy. And then you fall asleep and don't remember to brush your teeth. From what? <laughs> From what? From what? Wait, wait, wait. I want to be clear. What drug yeah. are you saying? Yeah. That sounds like way too much pot, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Do you I think meth people are eating candy? Eating a whole lot of candy. You, I mean, you, you might, but that's no. not that's not why you're losing your and teeth. Then you lose no. your teeth. Huh. That's where the bad skin comes from and all that. It's from. In fact, it's, it's this whole problem in the uh, in the uh, what do you call it in like our prison system because. I guess you, you're required to give them medical attention and dental care for that, for teeth that have gone that bad is expensive. So, I, I, you know, the extra costs, waiting times, all this other stuff. Yeah. Did you say that's a problem in our prison system? Yeah. Yeah. Because oh. you're incarcerating people who, one we of the main ways you can eat. <laughs> yeah. They require dental care. But, well, that's actually kind of good. Sort of, if you're getting dental care, because you might not have if you weren't in prison. Yeah, but we don't fund our, we don't fund most anything very well. Yeah. So money coming away from that needs so to show, go somewhere else. The show is good. Yeah, the show is good. I don't know if the show is good, but I've been watching it. Okay. It's been interesting. What, out, it so on? I watch stuff with her. I, I think Netflix, but I actually don't know. Yeah, our, my sister, Car- I almost said, yeah, our sister, Carmen, <laughs> um, introduced us to it. Um, and so she's been the one who's, who's kind of been the main one watching, but when I've watched it, it was interesting. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then the other big thing that we've been up to is <laughs> Prince Ali Fabulous He Ali Ababwa. What? It was a little flat. No, I'm just playing. Remember, that's what I thought Yeah, about she it. said. Yeah. It was a little flat. It was a little flat. It was, it was like, so my take of the movie was, it was like, very fun. I had like... Tingles most of the time, every, like because it's just so nostalgic about things, and then that um, teary-eyed at times. It was great; like it was beautifully done. There's some pieces that I didn't love about it. I think it was probably most of the Guy Ritchie 
<laughs> influences where I was just like, really? Um, but yeah, the singing was weird because it was like, it sounded fine, but it was flat. It wasn't exciting. It wasn't, yeah, I don't know. What'd you guys think? I thought the first few songs, like Arabian Nights mm-hmm. and like the song that Prince Ali sings, were a little flat because Will Smith and uh, basically on that kid's name, they're not natural singers. So it didn't really take off as well. But once the story gets to the Cave of Wonders and it's the genie and friend like me and it's just sort of like it sort of picks up steam. So I you, think it starts to catch its, just kind of get its footing and it's fine. You thought Arabian Nights was or never had a friend like me? I thought Arabian Nights was flat. Huh. And I thought, I think I Not thought. Not bad, just flat. Yeah, but, I think by I which thought you mean the Prince singing. Like Me yeah. was, but, uh, but I kind of appreciated it a little bit because it was just a different style. Yeah. But then Prince Ali, there was a moment, right, didn't, isn't, that's when I turned to you and said it, right? Yeah. Kendon, in the theater? Yeah. yeah? So. But. The thing about Prince Ali, I, first of all, I think it's either my, now that I'm looking back, like either like my first or second of favorite of these Disney movie songs from mm-hmm. when I was growing up. I really like Under the Sea. Um, but I like, I like this one. Also, I didn't know he was from a place called Ababwa. Yeah, Ababwa. So Prince Ali, fabulous he, Ali, Ababwa. Mm-hmm. Is that mm-hmm. also his last name? Because we always thought it was Ali of Babwa. I it was Ali of Ababwa. Ali of a Babwa. That's what I thought it was. That sounds like an extra syllable. That's why I was confused. Yeah, that I I just always thought he was Ali from of Babwa. Anyways, I love that song because it's and in this case, he may have been singing flat, but that song is about way like like way more than that. Yes, you've got the parade and all this crazy music and dancing and all this other stuff. So Genie singing flat. I don't know that I would have noticed as much. Well, I mean, it's it's, it, it's not like he's flat, like off key. No, that's not what I mean. There's a there's a there was oh, okay. That's the why I'm confused. Feel then. to it, was yeah. Flat the, to it me. felt flat. Oh <laughs> no, not to me then. I, I this that was my probably my favorite part of the movie. I, and they were I going wild. To watch it again, and the kids were too. The kids were dancing in the aisles. The kids could not yeah. could not help themselves, which I, was pretty great. I thought Princess Jasmine was good. She's beautiful. Even she's also smart, smart. but she's so pretty. She was good. Yeah, was uh, she was. Oh, was fine. It's a genie. It's a different genie. What didn't I love? Some of the Princess Jasmine stuff. Well, like, well, I didn't like almost any of the added songs. Well, the like, newer songs. One added Speechless. Song, but yeah, there's only one. Mm-hmm. Speechless. That one. I, uh... Um, my one of my things was like, okay, so after Aladdin goes, like when he goes home in the evening and sings his song mm-hmm. a couple times, that was a little weird too. Where it's just like, there's th- there's a natural way to be singing to yourself, and this is not it. No, so. there's not really a natural. Uh, her, there is. I sing her. to myself all the time. And so yeah, but it doesn't. It's like, it's, it's like but when you sing to yourself, it's not cinematic. Yeah, and it's this is all exposition. But what I was, how he's feeling and where he's at. Yeah, where I was going to go with that is that it it's a lot less noticeable when it's cartoon characters. When he's yes. sitting up there singing to the whatever, like it, it, once you add in real people, I think you have to do it a different way. And maybe they didn't like this is a musical technically, but it doesn't come across as a musical that I'm used to with actors. With like live actors, this was somewhere in the middle. Okay, but I like Glee. There are plenty of times where the kids in Glee sing to themselves out loud of like what they're thinking. So I'm just saying, like this, it, and none of those seem bad. natural to me. And I, I think that was 
were better than this, but that's okay. Fair, I mean, fair enough. I also didn't like, um, yeah, some of the Guy Ritchie like pause and then the camera kind of moves a little bit. It's Guy Ritchie. It was, it was, that was weird, fun. It was weird parts <laughs> where I was just like, if it was more of it, it would be better, but it was only in pieces of it where yeah. I'm just like, this doesn't, this doesn't fit. I feel like it was movie. most effective in the, in the, towards the beginning, especially during yes. this, the chasing. The, chasing, the, the chasing was a lot of fun. That when I, I thought was like, Ritchie. where I was just like, yes, this is going to be good. Yeah. And, and then, then there wasn't much. There wasn't enough of then, it. Yeah, they go back to that. It, really. And then they did in like a couple well, scenes, and then it was weird. He is working for Disney, so he might be limited on how much of his own decision making he gets to do. Absolutely, but that's all productions too. Most of them, right? Sure. And where so, do you put that in the movie? Where would you put it again in the movie? Like where? Like if we know the Latin story, where does another chasing come in? I mean, but it doesn't have to be chasing. No, like no, like, just uh, when he pulls genie, out his sword and he know, says. Singing. Your sword is a replica. <laughs> My sword says Desert Eagle point five zero. <laughs> I mean, like I think it's like the camera stuff that could be done in other places. In fact, the, one of the places that really bothered me is not a chase scene that it's happening in. So I think it could have been fit in more, and then you have a more consistent tone. I think mm-hmm. t- through it. But anyway, those are the pieces. I like Jafar. It's not going to win any awards. I my guess is, but it was really fun, and Jafar was great. Mm. Way I was not expecting than, it. I, like in those um, uh, what do you call those pre those trailers? Sneaker? Yeah, trailers. Sneak mm-hmm. tra- tra- teaser. Teaser. In the teaser trailers, he sounded stupid. Yeah. But no, but he was totally great. Really slimy. Yep. Yeah. Will Smith, like Will Smith was a, was I think the right choice, and especially because he he doesn't have me. to. Well, he also doesn't spend a ton of time exactly. being blue, exactly, which is fine. Um, and what who else was? It? Oh, the uh, the Sultan. Yeah. Was not this stupid, bumbling, like, roly-poly idiot. Mm-hmm. Right. And I kind of appreciated that. I actually liked this sultan. I mean, he wasn't the most uh, politically astute, but I that's think fine. I like the effect of, like, Jafar trying to control people with his staff. That effect was cool. Yeah, like, it reminded maybe, me of. Like, but not, yeah, not overt. Yeah. Too overt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it was it was reminding me of uh, Return of... No. The Two Towers... With King Theoden, yeah, yeah, where he was, yeah. Um, I I appreciated the change in the Sultan's be or character, but it, I didn't like it. If that makes sense. And you wanted more sure. tiger. Like I loved. She wanted more tiger. I you loved said? the Sultan oh, being yeah. all bumbly and like I loved like in the cartoon where he's like running and like open the door. I want to see you. And, like mm. let me ride around on the carpet. Like I loved that and that like so I appreciate that they didn't do that, but. No, that would have been fun. I would have enjoyed it because I liked that about that Sultan. Yeah, no, Raja. Actually, I loved Raja. Raja was great in this. I was disappointed in one part where I was excited to see what they did in the cartoon or, or the animated one. Oh, yeah. And then they didn't. But that's okay. Um, Raja was great. That prince, the prince that um, gets there before Aladdin. The, the suitor, the previous suitor. Uh, yeah, he was funny. I, he was a little bit different than the one that you see in the animated, and I liked that. Mm. I recognized him a little bit. Well, yeah, you know what he's from? In, um, hold on, let me look it up. You keep talking. I'm going to look it up. I, yeah, so I liked that. Um, I, the Cave what? of Wonders was awesome yeah you, so oh that's what i was gonna tell you so did you guys play the snes <clears throat> video game long time we ago played no, i played the i played did the you play uh, genesis, genesis one? one yeah we played that so much that's and a good this, point i think i only played the genesis one there's okay. this like scene and it's like when he gets to the top and he's like abu no and then it like clips over to abu so so that's billy magnuson who you know from game night yeah he was the stupid the stupid guy on game night 
who kept bringing different girls every night to the game night. Oh, it was him? Yeah. Whoa. Uh, what else do you know? I'm from Birth of a Dragon, Bridge of Spies, Into the Woods. Yeah, mostly from game night. Okay. No. So, um, so anyway, so in the SNES, you've got like, oh, I lost it. So in the middle of. He said it switches over to Apu, no! Yeah, no, yeah. So it's like Apu, no! And Aladdin like reaches out. And they did that in this. Yeah. Like, the Cave of Wonders looks so amazing. And the lava was awesome. That Friends, was you should know really that Shalia well loves done. lava. I love Shalia lava. Loves- I do. Um, that was amazing. As far as additions, though, I actually kind of liked the handmaid. I'm glad they added that character. Yeah, I had a problem with it. Instead of calling her something else, I don't know what, what you would have called her, but something other than handmaid would have been great because that term has been ruined for me. Lady in waiting, but that's kind of long term. Even like her servant mm. would have been better for me than handmaid. They should have called her shield maiden. That would have been awesome. Or just, um, I don't know. I don't know. Some other term. Buddy. <laughs> Pal. Her friend. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that was, I, but I agree with you. I liked the addition of her, and that was interesting. She was anyway, fun. So, I think, do we recommend it, guys? I would. Yeah. Which is interesting, because we came out very positive. It's got pretty mixed reviews. I'm mm-hmm. kind of surprised. And also, um, this is... We've had uh, a few conversations, Tim and I, about The Lion King, and watching this, I'm both... I hadn't watched any of these remakes yet. Mm -hmm. I liked this remake. Aladdin was probably my favorite one out of all of this, and now having seen what they are capable of doing, it makes me less interested in watching any of the other ones. It's a weird feeling, because I liked this one, and I'm like, okay. They're fine. The other ones are fine. Yeah. I, but you did say you would totally watch Little Mermaid with me. If, if they do the, real, the Little Mermaid, I would watch that one. And that's one where I might not even Even if they make go. Zendaya Ariel? Oh, I might go. <laughs> Ooh, what point. about Bobby? Bobby could be Ariel. The way she can. No, no, Ooh. you guys. Who? Uh, character from The Expanse. Because, I mean, they'll age her up a bit, but she's supposed <clears throat> to be like 15. <clears throat> yeah. Not, you shouldn't get anybody over 22 to be playing Ariel. Or they have to look like they're a child. Like whoever played who who played uh, Cinderella. Uh, what's her name? No, not. Uh, she looks like a child. Yeah, she looked. No, young. no, I didn't watch that. But Emma Watson's <clears throat> not a child. She played Beauty. Beauty. Yeah, but she does look. She looks very, very so, kind of childish. And I also don't know. That, I don't think of Belle as necessarily being as young as Ariel. I think Ariel's, Ariel's supposed still to be living s- in her dad's house. No, so is Belle. No, no, no but Belle is more world. Lee. That's because Belle reads books. She reads books. She takes care of her dad. <laughs> like I, I, I get the impression she's older. Okay. I think it's just because Ariel's the youngest sister. Mm-hmm. I think you get a. Spe- I think you get specific age. We're gonna get a lot of like, a live action Mulan that's coming. That's okay, 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 okay. That's gonna be badass. That one. I take back my previous Ooh. statement. I might watch a live action Mulan. Actually, okay, let's go down the. Oh list. my god, who's gonna play Mushu? Could they get Eddie Murphy to come play? No, 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 no. They need to get Kevin Hart. No, are you kidding me? <laughs> I feel like he could do a hilar- like a nervous, hilarious uh, tiny Mushu. little dragon. Yeah, 
Yeah, I can see it. But like, the fact why, why, why am I a dragon? Why, what's going on here? Mushu <laughs> is the best, and like he already is the best, and you still have. So we only have three people. Four, three people cast. We've got Mulan, Zifi Lu. I don't know where else she's been in. Uh, Mulan nothing, also lives with nothing, her parents. You know? But two names you might appreciate: Donnie Yen and Jet Li. What are both in this? Is movie. Jet Li her dad? Or is he the emperor? Jet Li's the emperor. Yeah, yeah Donnie Yen is, is Donnie probably Yen. the right age for the dad. Yeah, Commander Tong. Although, why would you pick Dan? Because he doesn't, the dad doesn't do much. Donnie Yen's like a kung fu star. Like a, like the a dad martial is arts a star. huge role. Oh, I guess he's not, you're right, in terms of active. Well, this is an, ad- yeah. this is an adaptation. So but like, here's the thing. Who knows what they're going to add? Well, there's plenty, of, My- you're right, but there's plenty of other characters who, who have action roles that you would probably rather put Danny yeah, it makes sense, too. except for here's the thing: is that if you if you say a character like just like what we were doing, mm-hmm. I immediately see their face in my head. Mulan's dad is a significant face in my head. The commander, I couldn't tell you what he looks like. His son, on the other hand, I could. So, well, so in I terms of who you're casting, like that is a bigger cast person character to cast so i was gonna say is let's go down the list and see of the other ones they've done oh also his dad or her dad was in the army right like like did fight before so there's probably some flashbacks about how great he is and remember mulan sits in watches him with his art like he's practicing and she then does. His she does watch that. okay so i don't know mulan they might use well. it. yeah mulan i do not know mulan anywhere near as well as you do but I have to have to go back on my original statement. I remember liking Mulan, as long as they don't make the uh, the Huns into gray zombie people. I'll watch that. Yeah. I'm so excited for it. And then, so I was gonna say, if we go through some of the other ones, I would not go and see. The, uh, oh, they they maybe shouldn't even bother doing a Pocahontas live version. That's. So our theory the was when they did Moana, the they the question was whether they could do, you know, other cultures in a appropriate way, and so the idea was because they were going to try to do some of these others. And so, how beloved do you know. think Pocahontas is in the pantheon of these movies? Very. It depends on who you're talking to. So, if Shalia thinks it's very. The thing is, is that is, you said Tim, you can change the story, but the story like to to. To not be offensive needs a lot more change than any of the other movies that they made, I think. But, so, they have, we have that one. The Emperor's New Groove, maybe too animated to use real people for. Yeah. But I really liked that one. Uh, The Hunchback is probably an obvious one to redo. Yeah. Hercules. Any other ones? Incredibles. No, no. Mm-hmm. I mean a live action Incredibles. Yeah, it's called the Fantastic Four. Hopefully yeah, that's what to say. And something about like the CG makes it feel like I'm less interested in seeing humans in it. Maybe because it has more like of that. How do I say? It has more volume essentially to it. It looks like they're For in what? a 3D environment. Hmm? For what? For some, the Incredibles was a, a CG, right? Yeah. A CG. So I'm I don't I'm not interested in seeing actor like physical actors because it already looks like it's in a 3D world. Sorry, I meant Meet the Robinsons. <laughs> Isn't that also a digital one? I don't know, but 
I just, I realized <laughs> I was talking about Those different. two different movies. Yeah, very different. Just wanted to clarify that. All right, Disney, please please like, make Mulan. Oh, Mulan is next. Um, like Emperor's a, New Groove. There's a um, a certain set and like, like they've, they've made most of them in my mind. But yeah, so Aladdin was fun. And Kenan did not think he was going to see it, but he did. Good. Because Celia said, well, you watch this movie. Will you watch a movie with me of my choice, and I'm not going to tell you what it is. And I said yes. Happened. And then he did. And then when I told him what it was, he said, I'll go with you tomorrow. <laughs> and then when yeah, I, I made, I made us go to, in the morning. He said, how much did we pay for these tickets? Because he was glad he didn't pay normal price. And I still am. I don't know about all that. I'm going to go watch it again. So I am too. Because I can't wait to see it again. I'm going to go with Remember Kea. what I thought of while we were there, though? I'm going to go watch it. It was kind of like. I'm excited. My it was kind of like Saturday morning ca- cartoons. Yeah. Like yeah. All those kids were there and it was morning time. And I was like, huh. Yeah. I can't wait. I, she's going to love it. My mom's super excited, too. Yeah. Maybe tomorrow. Anyway. Okay. So that is. That's what we've been up to. We're ready to get into the movie. God, mm-hmm. we, we've been going long on these intros. My goodness. How long are we in? We're almost 40 minutes in. Oh, that's fine. Yeah. Um, <laughs> unless you're listening it's, for it, the uh, actual uh, movie. Well, no, no, no. I mean, it, it'll be what? 30, 35 after you pull. Yeah, we no. should probably start. Well, my joke was going to be once you once you pull out all the silent space, it'll be more like 38 minutes. There you go. <laughs> but we've already wasted that much time. <laughs> <laughs> We're at, so it's also, I wish you had said 37 because we were at 38 and I said almost 40. (laughs) Anyway, okay, so are you guys ready to get to our topic for the week? Yes. The craziest place on the planet. Something wrong? Something wrong? Yeah. Just too bad you don't know what it is. Okay, Boys in the Hood, released in 1991. Yep. Directed by the late John Singleton. And written too, right? Written and directed. Written and directed by John Singleton and starring a, a, pretty great cast of characters we yeah. got young cuba Gooden jr lawrence fishburne um angela bassett is in this morris Ch- morris chestnut ice cube in his first acting role um regina king shows up in here Neil Neil Long. <laughs> but is ice cube really acting in this movie yeah <laughs> he is yeah no I'm, I'm he is for sure I'm joking, he, but he does come across as the Ice Cube from that time. He was the Ice Cube that we all thought we knew, but it, the more you start to get to know Ice Cube, you realize, oh no, he's really... Also, he yeah. was playing a role. I think almost all of those rappers are playing a role to a significant extent. Yeah, fair. This is all performance art, essentially. The other woman that we didn't mention yet is the mom of Marshesnet and Ice Cube. I forget her name, but she's in a lot of stuff, including Poetic Justice. Poetic Justice, Which is one of my favorites growing up. We used to watch it like every day. So the setup is essentially we're watching sort of through the lens of Trey, played by Cube Gooden Jr., mm-hmm. who's growing up in South Central, and he got his friends, Ricky, who's a, who's a college recruit to play at USC, to play running back, and then you've got Doughboy, who's been in and out of detention, it looks like. And there is just sort of a little, what is it, like a two weeks, maybe a week, a day? How long? Yeah, but I think it would be really useful for us to start at the actual beginning of this movie. I'm just saying what, what this movie's about. The movie's not about the beginning. It's about sort of like. Oh, I didn't realize. Yeah, yeah, you're doing. It's months. Yeah, it's months. Like this guy it's and his a, friends. It's time. Yeah, it's yeah. time. So time lapses. So this sort of this, essentially this summer in South Central and sort of it's, 
it's what I think Singleton was good at was giving like here is a moment in the life of these young people in South Central LA. Here's things that happen, and then all these other conversations come about this, whether it be gentrification or gang violence, police violence, uh, safe sex, um, prison. Like all these other things are coming up through this sort of moment in time for for Trey, who's sort of the focal point of this of this film, sort of following his his viewpoint. Mm-hmm. Yep. So it starts in 1984, which is why it technically fits into Made in the 80s. Yep. So it starts with Trey at, what, he's nine, I think, mm-hmm. maybe. Yeah, he's like nine. Um, he's living with his mom in South Central. And um, it shows, like you were saying, Tim, in terms of like um, a glimpse into life. It shows what he's growing up in. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know how much you want to get into that piece because there's a lot there. Just like before he even goes to live with his dad, there's so much uh, I think he could, we could talk about just from – like the subjects in school, what he's living around, what he's, I mean, what he's seeing there yeah. in his little life. And then I'm talking about like, oh yeah, he has a hard time. Like one of the points is like, he has a hard time controlling his temper as he's like walking down the street, watching some older kids, like just beat the shit out of somebody yeah. on his way home. So anyway, then he goes and he's still in South Central, but moves in with his dad. Mm-hmm. And so we see the beginning of that and the development of um, him living with his dad his friends from, you know, the neighborhood there. And then the movie fast forwards seven, seven years to, um, when they're like juniors and, or senior, like see, junior, it's like the summer between junior yeah. and senior year mm-hmm. of high school for Trey. Um, and so, yeah, like you said, it's like a couple of months in that time frame. Mm-hmm. So that's what we're dealing with. Um, and when it fast forwards seven years, that is current time in terms of when the movie was released. So mm-hmm. 1991. Kenan, did you want to add something about like, you know, how we set up and how it starts? Yeah. Well, I wanted to point out that the first shot is a shot of a stop sign mm-hmm. with an airplane flying over it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think that that, I think that's, he's like making his message right, right, right up front. Without any any actors, what do you what do you think that message is? You go no further, but there are people above you who get to live a more free life, mm-hmm. and they can look down on you. But this is where you're this is where you're supposed to be. And it's really, I thought, very poignant. Is that the word? Um, right after, so the movie starts with two um, words. What is that like? Two. Um, storyboards so the first is saying like the percentage of black men who will die yeah um and it's a significant number and i'm blanking on what that number was and then the was second, it one in 12 or no it was one in 20 or one in 21 or something, something like, that. like that yeah and then the next one is that like most of them will be by the hands of other black men so the idea of like killing ourselves um so those two pieces it you know are provided, and then the very first clip is the stop sign. So that's do up. they count in that number black police officers who kill black youths? No, they're probably not talking about that. Maybe because it is a homicide. It's just a justifiable homicide. Huh. Well, I don't know if they're counting that. Also thought the stop sign was uh, sort of leading into the stop the violence campaigns that were sort of kicking off around that time. Late eighties, early nineties. Oh, so like kind of like the end of um, school days, where it's like wake up, yeah. like for this, it's like, like all right, you're about to see the story. We yeah. want this to and stop. It, and who <laughs> says wake up? Oh, wait, it, it is Lawrence Fisherman who says yeah. that, right? Mm-hmm. 
Okay. And it's not the violence lean it's part of sort of the data that's on those two cards at the beginning about gun violence. Yeah. Okay, speaking gun of Gun violence a problem that we have solved. Speaking okay. of Lawrence Fishburne, right. it's been almost a year since we met him. And he has become in this last year, he has become one of my favorite people on earth. I didn't realize that. Why? Um because of all of the roles that he's been in. Like I didn't I I am now starting to understand like at the time when I met him I was like, oh you know, like mm-hmm. I know this person. But now I've been I, I think probably because we met him and now it it means more in my it's mind. It's a mix of blackish and a couple of other movies I'm we've been watching, better right? Better attention. But like yeah, like this role that he played in this is a Fucking great. Furious Styles. It is a good role. But, I mean, okay. Or is it not? Can you not? Can you name your child Furious and them not be awesome? Yes. That would be so sad. I know, but it's not <laughs> the style. Furious style, exactly. Furious Styles. Yeah. That's a good name. The, it's a, that is like the sort of name that they would give a superhero, like a black superhero's alter alter uh, ego in the seventies, or yeah. like a barbershop. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. One one of the things that I thought was really interesting rewatching it that whole scene in the in the in the lot and he's talking and people sort of come up to him and he's talking about gentrification. Oh and then, yeah, and cause, that scene is great. Because to Ricky, he was like, "Man, Furious is deep." But like all those conversations seem very commonplace now. Yeah. Yeah. He was ahead of his time. Yeah. They're very commonplace conversations, but at the time it was like, "What are you talking about?" Oh no, this is crazy. And, and here's the thing though. This is one of the movies that why. was 1991. That was like, so he's ahead of his time, but he's also, that's John Singleton, mm-hmm. right? Saying these things in 1991. And also, was was he like 22 or that's something? That's the other amazing thing. Yeah. So, um, Cuba Gooding Jr., Morris Chestnut, John Singleton, they're all around the same age. Yeah, they're all like in their early 20s. So, like, and Cube, too. Cube wasn't that much older. Yeah, so like, um, so. I know. Really I think of them as having been young, right? And they were. I mean, they were in their twenties. Um, but something about like so the actors doing it is one thing, but something about the fact that John Singleton was that age mm-hmm. making this is just—it's incredible to me. It's—it's—it's yeah. it's, it's so. I, I'm impressed. I'm very impressed. Um, posthumously, unfortunately, really thinking about it, but that's why that's why we're doing this is because I it. I wanted to go back and look at some of the stuff that he's done because I realized how important a lot of it was. I, I was always fascinated with sort of, sort of the split between the way women were talked about in the film versus the way they were depicted in the film. That's a great, that's there are two a great different way things. of saying that. The way women are talked about in the film is it's all bitches, hoes, hoochies, that word that even, I haven't heard in a long time. Even, right? even, even Furious, right? In, in like furious. talking about Brenda and being like, she, yeah. she might have had a chance if she didn't talk so much. Yeah. But then also. That's different, though. But that's that's not necessarily gendered. There are men who talk too much and yeah. women are like, yeah, you need to shut up. But yeah. also the way so Neil Long's character sort of she has her own thing. And she's she's very adamant about like not having sex with Trey for whatever yeah. reason. Oh my god, that logic was great. He's like, yeah. we're basically married. Yeah, she was and like, oh, she's like god, okay, then marry me. He's like, I'm not ready for that. She's like, <laughs> yeah. How many? How many men or boys of that age have tried some He's variation of that? To sleep I have not. I'm just saying. I'm guaranteed that's super common. And he's so annoyed that she won't have sex with him. Yeah. Because he has such a great story that he has to use right now. Yeah. <laughs> That girl, I can learn how he this, this story. I like how they like they go and show it in like this dream state of him mm. hanging out and, and, and having sex with the girl and and, for twenty I, minutes. Yeah, I thought I it was. I thought it was a joke. I, I thought it was a dream at the beginning 
But then they got really graphic. Yeah. To the point where I was like, oh, maybe this is a memory. Nope. He lied. Lied to his dad. As he was getting lined up. But you know, also, you know, um, whether it be uh, Virginia King's character and sort of, she kind of, you know, would say stuff. Talking about, when they were talking about God and all these things. So they're having these these conversations. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought girl, that was, yeah. that was really they, they speak up when in the car uh, on Crenshaw when yeah. they, you know, they're like, why are you, the, multiple like, why does this always have to happen when we hang out and that, and that sort of yeah. stuff? And that girl says that to him when they bump into that guy. Yep, that too. She's the one. She's the one who says like, "Can't we just have a night where none of this stuff happens?" But said. somebody says something too, like, but, "Who's sitting behind Ice Cube at, right after that that altercation?" Yeah. She's a, she said something that that stuck with me. I, well, it didn't yeah. stick fully, I guess. But yeah, but I thought that was fascinating. Yeah, I agree with I that. I haven't watched it. Yeah, all in that. I mean, okay, we're really gonna get into it, right? Okay. Within our community, that is. That is a big like the women hold down the community and uh, I would say more than the men do, and there's you know different reasons for that, you know that that are external some of them to the community, mm-hmm. but it is a real like contrast between how much is being done by by black women mm-hmm. and what the um reward not what even reward act- yeah, the, the actual treatment of them, to them. The, yeah what what comes and back are they, their are direction they, are they valued in the community and then you say so but then being like yeah they've always been behind every scene and i will it's that it's that it's that and then be like well then say so it's that cognitive dissonance where you can be like hoes and bitches but not my mom and my sister or my grandma yeah i watched a guy yeah, talk about he's one of these sort of hotepish. Mm-hmm. Very much black community. We got it. We got to get together. It's all about community and us banding together. And we buy black, own black, spin black. We got to do what we got to do. Then I watched the same video of this young man crying about the R. Kelly Lifetime documentary and how could they vilify him? Well, if his, his, his victims are black women, and if you care about the community, you should care about these victims, but you don't. No, he cares about a patriarchal version of the community. Yes, that, that, mm-hmm. that is dismissive of black women in their role in it, despite what we've seen for decades. It's yeah. It's funny to your boy when I see these videos. I'm like, yeah, you don't really care. You don't. You want it in a, in a certain package. Well, I was gonna say because yeah. the, the the wild thing about it is is that for a lot of those people, it's not. I would say it's not intellectually inconsistent on their behalf. No. So it's it, it's not. Yeah. No. That's just something. Yeah. Yeah, but I also appreciated uh, Ricky and Doughboy's mom. What about her? Because, like, what I found interesting, she always blamed Doughboy. What did I say to you? You appreciate, or you just like noticing? I I appreciated like that depiction of it. It was very consistent. Like, yeah. Even as a kid, even when he gets arrested when he's younger, she sort of just closes the door at the house. Well, and do you notice he's arrested at the house? At the house. Does she catch them with? Stuff and says, "Where did you get this?" and call the police on them. No No. way, she called the police on them. Then how'd they end up all the way home? Probably some from the store. It's a community. Probably some from the store. I mean, they know who he is. They know who he is. I'd imagine they're not going far from their home. They went to the house. Yeah, Yeah, because because unfortunately, you steal from the people around you. Yeah, yeah. Um, But I said to Shalia, like towards the end, I was like, "This is her fault." I mean, I mean, she. Well, how do I say? She destroyed one of her sons on almost by choice. She she decided at a super young age that one of them wasn't shit, and I'm going to put the the my energy into the other one, Mm -hmm. and. Like created that dynamic, I feel like she's responsible for that dynamic. Whatever little thing her her older son Doughboy or whatever got into trouble for, yeah. like when he was seven or, or whatever, that made her start to think he was problem. Mm-hmm. 
she she did not respond to that the right way and i and i feel like that her fault and the other side of it is is now like really watching this movie um ricky brings almost all of this on himself but also ricky is it's all of that what comes is ricky's fault yeah but it, it, mm-hmm. but also I don't think he's the irresponsible one. I guess is my point. I don't right. think uh, it, I don't think that's necessarily assigned blame in this situation. I think as, having dealt with some of these things uh, uh, through my nine to five, mm-hmm. there there are a lot of other factors involved rather than she just saw him and thought he was a problem. Well, I take that into account, but I also still come down very hard on her. I think this is her because she, what she didn't realize one of her. One of her sons was talented, perhaps, but he was not the the one that made the best decisions or was the most responsible. The older brother was constantly looking out for the younger brother, making better decisions than you. as early as the fo- of of taking the football out to do what they were doing. And he was him, always making the right decision, which means he could have been the more responsible one. But I think his mom shat on him too early in his life. Yeah, which I mean, as being the oldest, you might get that. Get the other that. thing is, like, I think. You're, I think, Kendon, you're pointing out cause, not, and I think yeah, absolutely being part of the cause of that or maybe the primary cause of that. But I think, Tim, you're getting to blame in terms of like, there are so many factors going into all of this here. Mm-hmm. And like, one of the other parts is they have different dads and they say that. And so like, yeah. maybe Doughboy's dad is I an did not asshole. catch that. Yeah, they yeah. mentioned a couple times of like, the different, the different dads. dads. And, 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 and yes, that does. And you don't know which one, like how that mm-hmm. impacts, again, causing her to choose, like to treat them differently. Mm-hmm. Her oh. cause, like her causing him to turn out a different way. Like all of this is absolutely result like you can see it happening mm-hmm. how it's it's all playing on itself but then there's so many things how old is she why does she have kids right now by herself yeah what has she been through um what did her mom say to her that she's just going to be the one to have babies and not a man or whatever it is right. like there's so much to it where to the point where i wouldn't come out saying i blame you it's your fault you're terrible but i would say that the thing that you're pointing out kendon is very clear there in terms of from a young age, she's telling him he's not shit and and yeah. hounding him, and Ricky's the good and kid. that's the beginning of his yeah. life in juvenile detention, yeah. and well, then adult and, 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 jail. And actually, like I, I actually appreciate so so much more of what you guys are saying, particularly given the different fathers line, and I can see it, and I still, I, I, I it takes maybe ten percent of the blame that I, I still really blame her because we were just talking about all of what what black women do. And this is a failure on her part, a continual failure on her part. And yeah, but where's here's his the dad? problem: Why didn't his dad could take him I don't and know, raise maybe him? He's dead. Like the point is, is maybe. so much of the rest of the world is shitting on him he that his watching his mom on top of all of it doing it in, infuriates me. But why? Why? It, why is the question? Probably because and most we of them. Know. We don't. That's not in the character. But that's the essence of the question. But at some why. point, I don't need to know more behind the character when I'm watching an adult treat a child like right. shit. You're still his mom. You should have been better. I yeah, got at you. some I point you could have all types of, and the, the things we're talking about are things that are within my own family history, which makes me understand more. And also, I'm watching this happen to a child. Mm-hmm. I'm not not the old, not the Ice Cube even version. Mm-hmm. The version that I just watched go up against older boys mm-hmm. to protect the brother for doing something he told the brother it wasn't smart to do, mm-hmm. and then get home. I... Yeah, Ice Cube, Ice Cube was a smart one. 
Yes. The entire film. <laughs> he got it. He knew. He knew. He knew. He knew. He was aware of his environment. Mm-hmm. He kind of knew how to handle things. He knew how to move. And it might have been his brother who got him killed. <laughs> I think about it. it. Probably was. And probably his brother. I I came out of this viewing of what, the movie. What, what do you mean, Ricky? Because Ricky had to talk back at the um, and then. Right, like that whole part. But it wasn't even that much. I mean, like that should not have ended up with people killing each other. Mm-hmm. Like <laughs> that's one piece of it is it should not have ended up that way. You should be able to say like, don't bump into me. And then that should be it. It should not result in what it ends up resulting in. So yes, it's his fault because he, sh- he knows that that's what the dangers are. But it's also ridiculous that that's the life that they're having to live in in the first place. But it is, but I feel like he's poking a, a snake with a stick. Who? Like you, if you know your environment, there's certain things that you should. Right. Although to be fair, backing down is extremely dangerous in certain sort of situations but too. I, I, I get the sense that Ricky's very much isolated with football and his kid and his family. Like that's what he does. He plays ball. But he's familiar yeah, with where he they are. With Trey. Yeah, he's he hangs out with, with them. They're out. But like, but we know people like, like what you hear from Doughboys, like this dude's 23 and he's oh, the old dude in the hood and all he does is mess with these young kids, right? And, Who, and Doughboy? Doughboy? They say that about the, cause when they're on the corner in the car, uh, before the, before the final shooting in the alley, that's what they he's say. Somewhere in the mid, his mid twenties, yeah. this old ass guy yeah. keeps messing around with. Oh, yeah. not Doughboy. Cause I was not like, Doughboy. Doughboy's he, like, he says that about the guy okay. in the car. And then, um, yeah. Uh, and then, but when you see, Every interaction that Ricky has with him is it's a bunch of like chest puffed out stuff. But Ricky's not a tough dude. So what do you do? Like, what are you doing? Yeah, he, he's not oblivious. No. Yeah. Right. Well, and so, right. Remember. Like, so Ice Cube dies two weeks after, right? Yeah. So, yeah. I can't remember the and other that's things. Probably that related to some of this. But he, he does a few other things throughout the movie that compound it. It wasn't just the inciting incident. There were some other things that made me feel like, like particularly, oh, I got, oh, I guess you got to take a piss. It's just there were a bunch of dumb decisions, and I can't uh, remember the other major bad. one towards the Him middle. Not zagging when he was running. Is it the Rick on problem. Yeah, well, you running straight, Ricky. Especially because you're a running back, you know how to, you can yeah. zag. <laughs> he, was, he was a terrible you're running back. Well, okay, so my first terrible. thing was they they ran into the houses and and they're like the the other cars like cut them off or whatever. Mm-hmm. I would have stopped. <laughs> Once that that car was out of view, like don't do the predictable thing. But or stay in that house and be like, I need to call my own right now. Yeah. No, no, no nobody's gonna let you stay you. in their house yeah, in yeah, those yeah, situations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, nah. And then there was the dogs on one side. I was like, no, no, they were. Yeah, it's the best. That was really thing. scary. Yeah, man. And they don't shoot Trey. No, he's not the one who offended out. them. Yeah. And he was further away, so the dude just shot him with a du- with a double barreled shotgun. I believe there would be Twice. only twi- two in there. Mm-hmm. Well, Trey and wasn't right there a- either. He had, they split up, right? So, so unless Trey he's going to go reload back. and yeah. aim at a further target, yeah, I don't think it was what they were trying. They made their point. There was one. They, they killed the golden boy and moved on. Yeah. And okay, so this is the the hardest thing for me to say. I didn't feel particularly bad for them at the end of the movie. When they died? Yeah, I actually had a feeling of, um, how do you say, deserved vengeance. And I was I was trying to, like, to, uh, how to analyze it in my own head. Because I'm like, they're all kind of a victim of a, si- of a situation. Everybody, so it's, tra- yeah. it's tragic all the way around. Yeah. But these, but 
these guys drove up and shot a kid in his back and his big brother came to take care of it. You know, and I, I, I appreciated the, it's the sibling thing, maybe. Mm-hmm. No. But the other pieces I, and I tribute this to John Singleton and whoever else you've ran with, like to make this happen. But it's not, it's not a long moment, but those kids, you see them eating and they're having a conversation that's exactly the same conversation that everybody else is having throughout this movie. And like, if we were watching it from a different point of view, I mean, they did just murder somebody, mm-hmm. but they're talking about like, are we going to hang out at your girl's house? And mm-hmm. like, they're like you were saying, they're all part of this same system and they are also yeah. kids. It's all so children. Even, though, is... even as a 23 year old, you've got problem. Like, actually they made fun of him because he's like, your hair is from the eighties. And it's like, yeah, cause you're too old to be hanging out with them. But, but yeah, no, like, yeah. And he, he's also scared. And that's what... And you see it once once the violence happens, he's he's scared and you get that, like, he's still a young person. Mm-hmm. Still a kid. He was, he was acting the way he felt he needed to act mm-hmm. because of all of this terrible shit that was happening. But then he, he, he hardens up at the very last moment. It's very defined because he knows, he knows it's over. Yeah. And then it, it's interesting because you've got um, Lawrence Fishburne's character saying this, right? Like, in the very beginning, you've got somebody breaking into the house mm-hmm. and he shoots at them. And then is it Trey who's just like, I wish you would have gotten him or something. And he's just like, don't say that. Like, it would have just been another one of us yeah. dead. Like, we're killing each other. We're killing ourselves. Even the cops when they pull up. Oh, oh we should point out, like, happened. I don't know if I remember. I've only seen this movie a couple of times. And I was probably a, at least a teenager, if not older, than I first saw it. What? Because I wasn't watching these sort of movies until okay. my, like, This is the weird age. thing. Like, I saw this when, probably when it first came out. Yeah. So, yeah, I, no, but no, I, I didn't see Star sure. Wars. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, that's how. <laughs> I'm a scientist and she's a civil rights person. <laughs> Fair. Um... Sorry, you were in high school when you first saw this, or you're maybe a teenager. So I didn't. I don't think I recalled that the uh, the cop that that comes seven years earlier is the same cop that pulls them over. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, that, this, the, because that scene where the cop pulls them over is very strongly burned into my head. Is mm-hmm. it? Yeah, because they made fun of it in another movie as well. Did they? Yeah, they made fun of it in uh, Don't Be a Menace. Well, I, they make fun I, yeah. of a lot of things. I, to be fair, I, like, I, I, I believe they did. But what, when the they did it, it did, with the toe jams, that did that didn't stick in my head at all. Their parody of it. So, um, but so the interaction with the police officer stuck with you over time. Oh yeah, and I also think that he's a worthless. Like I was like, I was also, also angry at him, but not even in, in the like you're a bully sort of way. But I was like, you're wasted your life. What are you doing? The cop. Yeah, but much like those people, he's someone else who's caught in this system. He's not. He is a different system. He's caught in another system. He, this, he's a no, he bit made a choice. He made a choice. He seems a little bit brainwashed. It is still a system he's in that allows this behavior to go sure. unchecked. So if there's a system that checked this, he's not out there being reckless. There's a system that checked your inability. Because what happened is, is this is real life. LAPD brought in this new. They're going through gang violence and stuff was happening. They brought in this new police chief. And his whole thing was like stopping violence before it happened, which was essentially just profiling. Mm-hmm. And so he gave his officers a license to do these type of things. And so even even if this officer, when he started, was a good man who wanted to do good police work, there's a system that allows him to behave a certain way and his fellow officers do as well that then turns him to this person who's just out harassing young black men because he thinks he's doing something 
noble or he's doing something well, or he's getting people. Exactly so what I can, Furia I can says is, is that pro- he's like, you don't even know what the problem is. And exactly. That's the problem. And that's the okay. And that's the part is like, but he's got exactly. some ignorance going on exactly. or blinders or yeah. something. I have a couple, but I, I have a couple of just, or I don't know how to say it. I can envision that character. Yeah. The one who thought he was doing good at the beginning. Mm-hmm. I don't believe that this, that this is that officer's backstory. This okay. is an officer. This is a person who is a bully, likes having power over other people, and has some sort of internal uh, self-hate slash hate for the people who, who look like that. Mm-hmm. That is what the, the performance, that, that's what comes off to me. Mm-hmm. And the, I want to pair this with um, Furious is talking about how you don't, like, like, there's no place for a black man in the white man's army. Yeah. And that extends to, to me directly to the police force. So he made a choice. He made a choice to join that organization. And so I don't, I don't give him much benefit of the doubt. Okay. It's just like, if you would rather, would you rather be, oh, what is it? The expanse. Would you rather be the boot or the ass? And you, you're not stuck in the system if you decide to be the boot. That is your decision on how to get out of the system. Still, the only point is that this is, it's another, I think, example of this film is these people are caught in systems that are terrorizing each other. Okay. Mm-hmm. I think so. And like maybe one person making a different choice would have changed a little yeah. bit of something, but this, there would have been, I mean, right. this character portrays more than just this one character. Yeah. Like this is the, this, this, this role was meant to encompass a whole lot of more people out there. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to look up who this actor is because I'm really appreciate him. He did a good job. Because I hate that character. Yeah. He was mm-hmm. in there for like a couple minutes and he was like an Effective. impactful couple minutes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. The other person who was really effective to me, I don't know why, when they're taking the test um, and all of the kids like to take the SAT and like one of the girls is like erasing with her pencil and I find myself just being like, I felt connected to her and just being like, come on, you can do it. (laughs) I have no idea what... what your life is because you're not you you haven't been in any other scenes so i don't know if you studied or what but like oh i hope that like i hope that you figure this out and you get a good enough score and i was i was also fascinated with you know when you talked about like furious styles talking about don't the military's not no place for a black man Mm. also is juxtaposed with ricky making a decision to go to the military because he thinks he didn't pass sat like Mm -hmm. so it's two different households learning two different things he feels like this is the only out for him, and Trey is learning like, don't ever do this. But here, not for you. the other piece is like having a dad, right? Like mm-hmm. having somebody to help, like teach you the lessons that they've learned. Mm-hmm. Furious joined the army at seventeen, yeah, to, because he had a son. He had a son. So, so yeah, speaking he at seventeen, and so, so Furious well, is about thirty-four in this movie. Yeah, so he's yeah. our age. He's our age in right now. And, so, and Ricky's doing the same thing. He's and got so a now, kid. and Ricky doesn't have it. From what we can tell, well, actually, he says that the difference is that the boys don't. Ricky doesn't have a dad yeah. to teach him. So who's done it? So now Ricky is that first generation, yeah, and Ricky's gonna make the same decision that that Furious did. did. So that maybe Ricky's gonna then tell his son, "Hey, don't do, yeah, that. Don't do and that," and his son's gonna have another option. However, his son doesn't yeah. have his dad anymore. Mm-hmm. So who knows what? Who's gonna teach his son those yeah. lessons? And, or he's and watching him watch the recruiting commercial mm-hmm. really like made me actually think about the fact that. The promise is for stability and then to pay to actually educate you, right? Like, 
and it's it's kind of a weird reversal. It's like after we've controlled you and had you kill people for us for X amount of time, and we we feel like we're done with you or whatever, mm-hmm. we will pay for you then to improve your mind. If you've survived and you're in the sort of condition where you can be educated. That's if we're in active war. I thought 91, 90, when this was made. Then I mean, it would have been Desert get, Storm. You war. still get finance. Like, if you go into the military now, yeah. you still get, like, education paid. Right, right, right. But the idea of, like, being in active war, PTSD, these things that come with it. Like, mm-hmm. so for not. When was the Gulf War? 91, 91. I mean, I think you're, even I if you're serving now, you could end up with PTSD and right. maybe dying. We just happen to know we did not have the, we did not have a made, like a major prolonged engagement during the nineties. Yeah. Cause a lot of but people joined. We had the Viet, we had Vietnam right. fairly recently before. And then we have Iraq, Afghanistan fairly recently after. And the Gulf War was so, bad. So when you, people, this is yeah, right, you're right but it was War. short. It was very short, comparably. Mm-hmm. So he, when he said, that when, when Tim's saying, well, that's if you're in wartime, you don't know when you're going to be in exactly, wartime. Exactly. So I mean, like people, so I, I only said it because I know people who joined because we weren't in wartime. And it's, for them, it was the easy way to get money for school, to get mm-hmm. education. And they went in thinking, none of these things are going to happen to me because we're not in wartime. So I'm just going to go get trained, be stationed in Germany, be stationed somewhere around the world. Walk around in a uniform, be in South Korea, and then come home and, and, and be good. But the flip side of that, right, is well, and the reason why this popped up in my head is I'm taking part in like this council for diversity at school, mm-hmm. right? And diversity means a lot of things. And one of the ones that brought, got brought up a couple of times is military status. Yeah. Cause they were talking about what, like, the difficulties that returning veterans will have in when it comes to education, even. So, He's like, oh well, if the, if you know, if I can't pay for uh, my education with a football scholarship, maybe the way that I'll pay for it is with the military. Yeah. But that I don't know what the the length is. Isn't it like seven years or something mm-hmm. before you're even done? I think you have to go through a bunch of paperwork or whatever to do it. And we've seen, I've learned so much more about like the Veterans Administration. You know, so it's not as easy to access as they make it sound. The other thing that I the education feel like p- is yeah, the carrot that they're dangling is far enough for you not to see the mold. The other thing that I think is missing, and I, tell me if I'm wrong, but I don't think just because you've been in the military, you get automatically admitted into college. So this kid <laughs> is like, hey, that's another point. I may not have scored high enough to get admitted into college for this money for football so i'm gonna go and do it this way they're gonna give me money you still have to score high enough to get in at some point well well, being ex-military i think gives you like they they take that into account Mm -hmm. you don't have there's like a not a minimum but but if i'm ricky might help i'm ricky i'm not even he's probably not even thinking about just education probably thinking about housing medical for his for his kid like getting in in getting out of that neighborhood well and that's and, and, and that was the responsible thing that uh trey's dad did Getting out of there, like getting your son out of there, getting your girl out of there. And to to almost counteract what I said earlier, (laughs) that whole argument earlier, is if he stays there, he's in a different war zone. He's in a way. And that's that's one of the great points that uh, John Singleton puts in Ice Cube's mouth, Mm -hmm. right? Is he the one talking about watching on TV Mm -hmm. about all these violent places Mm -hmm. and they don't bother to look in their own, essentially their own neighbor, on backyard, yeah. Yeah. essentially. And, and USC was such a funny place because USC's in the hood. So yes. it's even funny that like, is it? Gonna be, oh yeah, USC's right, it's in, right the in the middle. You turn to, you, so Chris, who we want to get on here and talk about um, 
to talk about Scarface. He went to USC. I remember the first time I went to visit him in USC, it was over a Memorial Day weekend. I was like 20, 1920. Uh, went down there and, you know, we turned a few corners. All of a sudden, here it is. I was like, man, we was just like in the hood. And, and then, but when you're on campus, they do a really good job of like, you don't really see everything else outside. You kind of just see the campus. Well, I mean, think about the areas right around University of Washington, particularly right to the north. U Village or U District? Oh, I'm, th- I'm thinking about like Lake City, uh, Aurora, um, oh, the no, Ave, no, 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 a no, lot no. of U District. USC, USC, no. Maybe the, the USC is much closer within there. Like it's, it's like Montlake and turning the corner and being on campus. But mm, that's um, what it's like. Yeah. It's like right there. Which was like my dream. That's kind of what I was say. thinking until I started describing it. Yeah. It's like right there. It's like right on campus. There, there's a lot of places where is is uh is Georgetown not like that? There's a lot of colleges in, in the middle yeah. of cities. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. a lot. But a lot of them, you know, they end up being like Columbus, where Ohio State's like it's like the crown jewel in the middle of Columbus, Ohio. Mm-hmm. Wazoo's in the middle of nowhere, and Pullman, mm-hmm. or University of Oregon. Um, so you get some of these other bigger colleges, like Miami is like a little further away. You know, it's not. Actually, like I should roll, I should roll back. You see, LA is like in Berkeley. Yeah. You, UW is Maybe nothing not. like that. Now that I think about it, yeah. <laughs> UW is nothing no. like yeah, that. No, but so that was the thing. So have we ever talked about this? So USC, I wanted to go and I wanted to go for cinematography. I have no idea if it, this movie has any influence on that or not. I don't know why at what 16 years old that was my mind like in my mind that's what was happening John went and like to i was gonna go i was gonna but, stay with angie lafu and you probably she heard would she have known it oh what did you know where john singler went to, to no no i don't think so yeah, but okay. like but but usc has a big um role in this mm-hmm. movie and then yes like they had a great cinematography school so it made sense yeah. then mm-hmm. but yeah that was the plan was like plus you had family living right yeah, there. yeah yeah like live there easy commute because it's not really a commute and go to USC. How'd you be a feel, Trojan. How do you feel about the, the fighting this, Methodists? Wait, wait, well, how do you, you know th- that? Yeah. That the uh, USC is the fighting Methodists. That's how did you feel about um, the sex scene after the police sort of harassment sequence scene? I didn't. That's feel the anything. moment that where where they decide like she's decided I'm gonna have sex with Trey because he was feeling so bad he had yeah. stopped trying for a minute he, he was, was swinging swinging all sad i think sad. it's different than that they talk about in a lot of stuff that um cl- being close to death makes people closer to want to reproduce but he always wanted to reproduce yeah. it, it, it changes a, things no no but she was close she was also there. closer to death or she not she wasn't close to personally dying she was in closer proximity to to the idea oh, of you're talking death about right just now. like straight up um, the idea of death yes people who, like who live through near death exper- nature yeah. yeah 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 it's it's just like he's I got a think time clock i right need now. to get his sperm now it, yeah they say it's a psychological thing that people who maybe who survive an airline crash or something just people who are in those tend to that's that's one of the responses um and then also that reminded me of um uh, was it second season of Dear White People? Mm. Yeah, when Reggie is yeah, that his Reggie. name? Yeah. He gets the gun put in his face uh, at a campus party, mm-hmm. and then they really go into how it affected him for like the next couple of weeks or months of his life, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but that didn't. Does I, I? I mean, that's him. But what makes her want the sex? I thought it was just to make him feel better. <laughs> a young Neil Long. She still looks good. Good for her. 
She's amazing. Um, I, I yeah I. I never read it as she she's just school, trying to make him she feel has better. All her teeth. Remember that from Friday? That's yeah. the description of her by the mom. Yeah. <laughs> so funny. Uh, so, some of the other things I wanted to talk about. Okay, this is, I don't know if this was on purpose or not, but one of my favorite movies growing up as a kid was Stand By Me. Mm-hmm. And that's like from the 80s. We haven't, have we done Stand By Me no. yet? No. <gasps> Oh, man, we need to do that soon. It's like 85, maybe. Is that the one in the high school? No. no. Stand By Me is based in Castle Rock. It's a Steven Spielberg. It's it's Will Wheaton. The, yeah, they go on like a walk or Will something. Will Wheaton is... Uh, so they go... So basically someone says, do you, does anyone want to see a dead body? Yeah. And they go to look at the, this dead body. And they're, they the way they get there is through these train tracks. Yeah. At one point. And so... This happens in this movie. This happens in this movie. Mm-hmm. They literally say, does anyone want to, do any of you want to see a dead body? And they walk down the train tracks and to look. And I didn't know if that had any, um, if there was a reason that that was so paralleled with that movie. Because it's like different lives, right? You've got white kids in Oregon in the 50s, I, I can imagine 60s. Sing- and then you've Singleton got Singleton saw, yeah. doing like... This is what our kids are facing. Yeah, this is what they do. Mm-hmm. They're walking down train tracks in the hood, and there's just a dead body. There's dead body right there. And, and there's people around. And and the whole, like, one of the whole premises of Stand By Me is who's going to get famous on TV and yeah. rich for calling in to say that this dead body is here. Right. And that's, like, the whole um, tension wow. between the older gang is, like, no, yeah. we want the reward money or whatever. Right, right, right. Versus in this film where, no, this dead body has been there. And no, no one's No one's, one, looking for him. Two, even considering calling him in, and they even say like, "Why is he just here?" And they're like, "He's not bothering anybody. Why are you bothering it?" You which know was, what? Which was actually happening at the time during because the, the Grim Sleeper was in South Central at that time. Oh, what people. really at yes, that same was. time? Man. So this reminds me that the other thing at the beginning of the movie I wanted to point out is when they're going to go see the body, or they're going into the alley. Mm-hmm. There's a bunch of, or are they are they doing target practice? There's a bunch of four Reagan. more years of Ronald Reagan. Um posters or whatever on the wall from his campaign um i don't know if it's target practice or just like gunshots like i remember some, some holes point, in there yeah. so but but yeah like so that means we're taking place was this 1985 or something 84. like that 84. 84 yeah so that was a real that stuck out to me more than it would have when i was younger because this situation is fueled so much by the drug war that he supercharged you know yep <laughs> yeah no um that's really interesting piece too that the, is the 80s we should talk about the drug war yeah or the war on drugs we, you should, know we should make a topic about that you know what's funny one of my students at school had like in one of her classes she was like oh i have to do like a project um i wanted to ask you do you have some some thoughts on how the drug war has fueled uh the prison industrial complex and race relations. And I was like, I've got a lot to say. How much time do you have? Sorry. What? Yeah. (laughs) The world looks different to you when you're 19. There's so much more to learn. I know, but they asked you. Yeah. That's so great. And I was like, I need to go find Celia. She knows everything. I don't know. I'm joking. I'm joking. Um, but yeah, um, we should that. do it. We should do a topic on that. That would be a good one, I think. Right after we should Chernobyl. do narcos or something. We need to. 
or do it along with uh, Scarface. I don't know. Yeah. So Scarface would be a good lean into that. It would be actually. That would be really interesting. I was thinking of a movie called Lean on Me. Yeah, it's a different movie. It's a different movie. It came out in 1989. Yeah, and it's about great. a failing inner city. Uh, you smell crack, don't you? The famous line. You never seen it? Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah, no he tells him. He tells him, "You smell crack, don't you?" Yeah. But Shalia, do you know that movie? No, I don't. Uh, it's about me. an inner city. Uh, uh, it's Gor- Morgan Freeman Morgan is the Freeman. prince. Is the principal uh-huh. trying to turn around an inner city high school? Mm-hmm. Kids are out of bat. Yeah. Makes the kids lock Very the doors. Very entertaining, if I recall. Oh, I lock think the doors. I have seen <laughs> that. that he called? gets in trouble. You he can't lock the doors. What do you call code? He had a, he had a code for it. Code green. Code green. And then yeah. locking the doors. What kids are in it? Uh, Is Usher in it? No. no. That that was the faculty. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's the alien, that's the alien invasion. This came out in 1989. Okay, not the not the not the alien, alien invasion alien. movie from the 2000s with with Usher. And that was an alien movie, wasn't it? Usher and Frodo. All the all yeah. the faculty were were being taken over, or they yeah. were they're being turned into aliens. The whole the whole town. Okay, so another um. Okay, so speaking of schools, another note that I have about this film or this movie is um. The topic that the teacher. So you've got 1984. Just brilliant. I just I, I've never paid attention to what a, critics have said about the makeup of this movie and like mm-hmm. how it was put together. But I just I really I, I really like it. Uh, so you've got 1984. Trey at what nine? I think we determined um, having his life like right. So walking, seeing a dead was it a dead dog that they looked at in the beginning? Um. And then, uh, what was it when the kid is like, "You guys want to see something?" What was it that it was they dead something? I don't know what it was. So he's the, it's twice that he's taken to see a dead something. Mm-hmm. Okay, so then in school, so he's doing that. You're seeing his life, and then in school, this teacher's talking about the pilgrims and Native Americans. Oh, that was and like, that scene. Made it was just so interesting and being like, "Wow!" So this is the history that we need to know about these people coming across the water to. Mm-hmm take over this land and she's like the indians oh i'm sorry the native americans kind of kind of snidely eat eight things yeah a little bit and they eat things like squash and all these things and that's how they made it through the winter and i i I think all history is good to know about but it's just very interesting of like how irrelevant that that is a piece of worthless information kids (laughs) squash really though completely irrelevant right like Of course you're not engaged in it. And then I liked how then he tries to... She, she gives him the opportunity, though. Like, hey, yeah. do you want to teach class? Because Feel she didn't free. expect anything out of him, right? And then, yeah. And then he's like, this is Africa. <laughs> yeah. Those those pointer sticks are my favorite. I Kids probably don't even have them anymore. Laser like, pointers. The what? Like the, the stick with like the little rubber tip. Yep. I used to love touching that. T- oh, it's probably from this movie. How old was I when I watched this movie? Eight? Nine? Mm-hmm. Okay, so yeah, it's probably that's part of it. And then also watching my teachers do it, like touching the map and like the rubber it's very tip tactile. touching the map. It is. I yeah. love it so much. Speaking of what, one, okay, so one of my professors recently was referring to when he gave his um, his defense mm-hmm. and how he was doing it on an overhead projector. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, mine's going to be PowerPoint. That's going to seem real like up to date. What is the next, what is a generation or two? Is it going to be holograms? Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be the 4D seats. <laughs> it's going to spray mist in your face. Do you feel that? 
<laughs> yeah, or, but I do miss some of that t- tactile, like, like um, you don't have, what's it called, chalk, obviously not around anymore. Sort of. Uh, it is kind of there. So I was visiting one of our other offices this week, and they have an entire, like, huge wall that's just the blackboard, you know, they have yeah. the blackboard wallpaper now. And, like, just chalk-written stuff on hmm. it. So it's coming... Well, it's not coming back. In school, they don't have it. Do you wonder if there was... Do you remember that clapping erasures was, like, oh, a punishment? God. I wonder if there's... I wonder if that's at all, like, asbestos or something. Like, breathing in too much chalk? No, or they there know was what's a- in there. You're not breathing it in. You hold your breath while you clap it. Were you breathing it in, Kendon? I'm saying that if you have enough kids... Doing that often enough, they're not all holding their breath all the time. <laughs> um, also, I don't think I ever got that particular punishment. No, that I, was also a fun thing to do, I was which is say, weird. I think so. I did it for for the teachers, sake. and then probably got in trouble for doing it when we were supposed to. Oh do no! It. Like I did it. I probably did it to help. But my worst was <laughs> of course when you, you were did. like up at the board doing chalk, and mm-hmm. then you came back to your desk and you had to touch the paper. Having chalk on your hands and then touching the paper was the worst and i always felt bad for teachers who had to do it do you remember that it, te- it felt that terrible <laughs> but you have a star like me. you have a styrofoam thing that i don't have right that's fair okay. but we're all a little different if we're all gonna just admit to things on the microphone i never ate paste i did chew chalk <laughs> <laughs> chewing chalk like it, don't take a big bite out of it i would just use my incisors to <laughs> so wait you were just talking about kids breathing in chalk but you were just ingesting it yes but nobody was making me do this. <laughs> you were just trying it out i also would do, do that like with, with uh, mechanical pencil did you yeah, think the different pink colors one. would like taste different <laughs> your eyes just lit up when you said the pink one what what so but you were making these little chalk. flat i would make these little flat edge I'd make these little flat edges of my teeth. So what? What? What did it taste like? What, what it did you like? like cho- a, it tastes like chalk. What no, it was. Like it was not about the taste. No, it? it's the tactile feeling. Isn't it gritting on your teeth? No, it's actually really smooth. Chalk is smooth. Oh yeah. Would did you get it wet first with your saliva or something? Not on purpose. No. So it's just dry chalk biting. You should try it. it. It's probably not bad for you. Dry chalk just biting it. You say biting it. I was gnawing it slowly. How are you not getting it uh, soggy then? Because like if it went into my into the inside of my mouth, then it might happen. But it's just my incisors, the front, going. Well, I'm glad you never ate glue. But I did not eat. Maybe like your poor teachers. Um. Principal, we need more whoever, right? I need more chalk for my classroom. You're going to through too much chalk. <laughs> they might have. That might have been something that happened. Gross. And was it new chalk or was it like the chalk know. that Shelly, your teacher had been holding in their hand Shelly, yeah. and everybody else? To be fair, oh. the part that I was chewing is probably the cleanest part. The, just the tip? Just the tip. Okay. So, speak- <laughs> okay, now fast forward speaking to school. The other thing I wanted to point out about the movie was that Trey is always wearing college gear. He's wearing Georgetown mostly. Um, yeah. But like every every like I mean not every scene, right? Some like his like <laughs> suave uh black and gold with the circle. <laughs> um yeah. silk shirt is obviously not. But like but a that, lot of it is I, I love that poster like all- with, with, with he he's wearing that outfit and Ice Cube's next to him and his jeans and his fitted cap and his his shirt, and then you've got Ricky in the car. 
It's a great poster. Like that poster is great. I was this a movie mm-hmm. a hit? Did did people go and watch it? Yeah. 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 Soundtrack too. Well, of course, the soundtrack. I don't remember the soundtrack at all. Well, who was on? I mean, other than Ice Cube. <laughs> Sorry. No, it's funny. So when when the, when the, when, the, when the guys first run into to to Trey in the street in the car, I didn't like that part. They're listening to Ice Cube's mm-hmm. listening to the death certificate. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, and then the little baby in the street. Yeah. He goes and gets her, and is like, "Keep your baby out of the street." And then what's his face sucking on the pacifiers? That's not a thing anymore, is it? I remember well, not that. Not unless you're at a rave. Is it still a thing at raves? I assume people are still biting their tongues off. Biting I haven't been to a rave yeah. recently. What so, you biting their tongues House of Iris, I think the, wasn't the whole point when you're high at a rave that some people will accidentally bite their tongue? So they would use those to, to prevent you from biting your tongue? Right. Oh, I thought it was a drug thing. So some of the songs... Probably, that, does, it probably dual purpose. I thought you like... <laughs> uh, yeah. Mm. Some of the songs on the soundtrack that stood out were obviously How to Survive South Central by Ice Cube, Just Ask Me To by Tevin Campbell. Oh my God, I haven't heard that name me, in a long time. Me Tevin and You Campbell. by Tony 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 gets some run in the movie. Tony Tony Tony, all spelt differently. Yeah, that gets some run in the movie. Um, what else is on there? It's Your Life by Too Short. Too Short. This is, wow, this is our age yeah. right here. All of those names. Yeah. It's probably like. Yeah, the, but that, that poster is great because they're sitting, they're sitting on the gold. Uh, Impala. It's great. It's great. It's a great. It's a great poster. Maybe maybe because you had an older sister that that's all. But almost none of that is was like has relevance to me. None of those. Tony Tony Tony. Nope. What? I can't name a Tony 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 song. I can't. Too short. Excuse. Too short. Yes. (laughs) You can't name a Tony 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 song. No. You're gonna tell me what their most famous one is, and I'm like, oh yeah, I know that song. Anniversary. But I, yeah, I wouldn't have paired that to them. Uh-oh. You got to listen to their album. With that, not with that song. I, that's not my sort of music, anyways. Also, that's I've always music. been a no. I'm not saying fan, it's not good, and I think it's because of Ice Cube's hat. Never Raphael Sadiq. You ever listen to his solo albums? Nope. Okay. I don't do many singers. Okay. I don't get into singing that way. All right. I, I would recommend anyone listening to Sons of Soul album by Tony Tony Tony. I would highly recommend it. Sons of Soul, y'all. <laughs> sounds so 90s <laughs> all right we, no so what's your favorite thing about this movie um oh i'm sorry you asked a question, another question earlier was it successful it was on a six and a half million dollar budget and it made 57 million dollars yes that's good all right cool and critically successful as well people 96 on rotten tomatoes it should be critically successful yeah. like wow and there was nothing else wow. like it we'll get to that influences there was nothing else oh like and there's it. a 1991 article by roger ebert because i always read his reviews but i forgot to do it this time it says don't blame boys for off-screen violence Ooh, i like that. yeah because people were getting in some issues at the theaters but this when this came out when new jack city came out uh when menace came out th- there were, were incidents well, weren't they also talking about like glorifying violence or something yeah and it's like, did you did you see the movie? Mm-hmm. Did you see? Yeah, like is it <laughs> like it's uh, this, this movie isn't perpetuating. Is, this is not. Yeah, no, it's just nothing but if like a sad situation. Yeah, and if you're sitting and watching and listening, because they're mm-hmm. telling you a lot of it. So if you're actually going to this film and listening, you might be stopping some of this behavior. Yeah. Um. So you were gonna say that Doughboy. Doughboy is your favorite. Fa- yeah. favorite. I mean, he was smart. Um. Even even like after Ricky gets shot, like he's the calm one. He's absolutely calm. He's calm because yeah. obviously you like, like, like the, He's like, mom happening. turns on him. Oh, I but, felt so but, bad for him. She was, he was trying to get the kid away. She was mad. 
The but baby mom was mad at him. It's, it's consistent. It was it, no, it, it totally all was it just yeah, right. He just left. Like, but even you know, even you know, after mm-hmm. you know, when they, when they come, when they get the revenge, and he walks up on the dudes, like he, you know, he he was who he was. I appreciate that character. Mm-hmm. I really liked when um, he was like, "I don't have a brother," and then later, mm-hmm. and Trey's like, "You have yeah. one brother left," and it's like, "Yeah." And then, and then they then went. Then they went to to uh, Spellman. Yeah. Morehouse. And Morehouse. Also, so that scene when they're on, when they're on Crenshaw. I mean, he didn't, but when they're on Crenshaw and they, and point, they start and they start shooting, and everyone takes off. Mm-hmm. So John Singleton didn't tell anyone that was going to happen. They just oh. started shooting, and they, so those reactions oh, are no. real reactions. Oh from people. no! Wasn't there a couple? Of, it was filming in the one of the other movies we did. Huh. Didn't they do? Was that Alien? Yeah, we didn't tell them that. His they didn't tell them out. that the alien was going to burst out of the guy's chest. So that's what when everyone so like. So if you watch the scene, everyone like stops. Yeah, like when it pops out, everyone's like. Um, and then they keep rolling. <laughs> to, what's his face, right? They said they're going to drop him on three, but they dropped him on two. Oh, Die for Hard? Die Hard? Yeah. This yeah. guy, there's got to be something in writers now for some actors. It's like, you're not going to pull any of this surprise shit off. Well, at, at the end of seven, it's a real head in the box. <laughs> <laughs> what? Was it? Oh. Yeah, it's a real head. No, it wasn't. So, Ken, what's your funny, Or it could be like a cow's head or something that's going to make like, you like, oh, shit. What's in the box? <laughs> um, speaking of what's in the box. It's sort of. What's in the box? So it was Carme. Happy birthday, Carme. Happy birthday, Carme. Um, Happy birthday, Carme. Carme's birthday was last week. She got a chicken. Wow. So like somebody <laughs> bought out an Instant Pot box and she thought it was an Instant Pot. And she opened it up and it was a baby chicken. And she her name like, is Cutie. Is the chicken going to end up in an Instant Pot? No. Oh, well. Nope. No, it's not. <laughs> no, she's not. What are you talking about? <laughs> Some tenders. <laughs> Name your, <laughs> Only one Tinder. Name your chicken Tinder. <laughs> Who's chicken's name? Tinder. <laughs> Shalia is not laughing at all. What do they call a chicken? <laughs> no wings and no legs. <laughs> Tinder. She's not. She doesn't find it hilarious. No, she does. It's like the Bob joke. She, 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 it is exactly the Bob. The same joke. joke. Except for that, we're not talking about somebody that we know named Bob. We're talking about Cutie, who's our new niece, and she's so sweet. And I sat by the fire with her, matching heart rates for at least an hour. Wait, you had a heart rate matching a baby chicken? Yeah. So, you probably should have been in the hospital. So they said. Um, so they said match your heart rate to hers because it will make her feel better. So I did, and because she was sleeping. How fast was her heart rate? Very slow. She was sleeping, and she was like all curled up, a lot like Maui, only like her tiny little head. I don't know. I don't know any guy named Bob who has no arms and no legs, floating in a pool. Nor do I know a guy named Stu who's floating in a jacuzzi with no arms and no legs. So okay. what's your favorite part? So, so anyway, she came in a box. And it was really cool. But you guys had to turn it that way. Uh, Kenan, what's your favorite thing about this film? Uh, hard to pick. The, the interaction with the, of the parents with the kids. Fair. And the parents with the parents. Fair Actually, the, 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 I, there was yeah. a respect between... Um, I don't remember his, his mother's name. And furious and, and his and and his mother. There's an interesting respect there between the two of them. Mm-hmm. And also not like they're fighting yeah. and stuff, but re- but respect, yeah. Yeah, and when she's like, "You're not special," <laughs> when she was like, "Sit down before I make a fool, get loud and make a fool of both of it," and then she was like, "Just because you stuck around and did the right thing, you're, doesn't make you special." 
Like, so don't get too high on yourself. Um, I really so right. I'm I'm just agreeing with you. Yeah, I really appreciated that. I I really appreciated them having a character like uh, Ricky and and Doughboy's mom in there. Or yeah, having their mom in there. Um, mm-hmm. The interactions they rang true, it was which really is probably important. why I cared. Yeah, right. She wasn't cartoonishly anything because she wasn't cartoonishly evil or anything. And their house seemed pretty well taken care of. Yeah, like she's running a functional household. Mm-hmm. She is just has certain. Like we we've already gone through. She's that. also just stressed out and like shit happens. And furious and life is hard. Furious is kind of what you might have got. I mean, he he obviously went to the army at the eighty, but he kind of reminded me of uh, from school days. His Fisherman's character from School Days, like he's woke essentially. <laughs> also, it reminds me a bit of um, if you listen to the Beautiful Struggle by Ta-Nehisi Coates, mm-hmm. he talks about his father, and his father has some of those. He's not a bean pie guy. At least he he'll still eat a, pl- a plate of barbecue, but no swine. Furious, but no swine, and like just that sort of no- like uh, knowledge education. So that's. Really what I like about it. I thought that was really cool, too. Cause, so, I don't know if I've seen this movie since middle school. Since, like, most recently. Oh, really? It after John Singleton. Yeah. I haven't seen it in a really long time. I remember it very well. And it's... But I don't, I really don't think I've watched it. Um, I watched so, it for the second or third time fairly recently. I, d- I realized I didn't watch it with you. Huh? No, I wasn't there. Uh, so, watching now as an adult, right, at the age that Furious is when his... 17 or 16 year old son i absolutely agree with you and appreciating these conversations that these parents are having because i did not get that like when i was watching it as a kid Mm -hmm. i was completely focused on the kids and i wasn't hearing to be honest any of the messages i also wasn't living in that neighborhood i wasn't like those messages weren't necessarily we definitely have a different perspective as adults well also like like, i loved it like it's so great now the other thing is that I mean, not now, but, like, for me. Furious has a lot of characteristics that my dad does. So, that's the other part, is he <laughs> reminds me a lot of your dad. But I can imagine your dad at 34 sitting and, like, looking at spreadsheets. I mean, mm-hmm. he still looks at spreadsheets for the fun of it. But, like, yeah, because yeah, that, that's what Furious is doing, right? Like, Trey comes home from the barbecue and Furious is looking at spreadsheets. Yeah. Well, doesn't he, when they visit him at his job... He's a financial advisor. Yeah. Or investor. Where's my dad? Essentially, that's the other flip side of my dad. I wonder if your dad watched this movie and was like, I want to be like furious. (laughs) No, I'm just joking. Um, But but yeah, except for I was in an entirely different environment. But so much, like, I feel like that's, those are the sort of lessons my dad would have been trying to, to instill in me if I were to have been in that sort of environment. Absolutely. So do you remember what are the three, uh, Keys or the three rules for being a good leader. Shall no, I don't remember. You didn't, you didn't listen. You don't remember. Mm-mm. I was just getting okay. Go always ahead. look at like always look them in the eye because that's respect. Oh, oh yeah. that's what those were. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Was, yeah, and like never be afraid to ask me for something. Like you don't need to steal. Like stealing is not necessary. Mm-hmm. And then the last one is don't respect somebody who doesn't respect you back. That's an interesting one. Yeah, but I get where it comes from and. I didn't realize that that's what the title for those was, but definitely at least two of those my dad was trying to to get across to me at, 
earlier age, like right around that teenage adolescent time. Did you love even like, so I was thinking when you said that adults talking to the kids, mm-hmm. I was thinking the, um, the, the 1991 time frame, but even then the 1984 time frame, like that conversation. And then he's like, so what do you know about sex? <laughs> and it's just like, I, I mean, we don't have kids yet, so I don't know how that conversation is going to go, but I really loved how he broached it. Like, what do you, what do you know about it? So can it, Anything else to say about your favorite thing about these parents having these conversations with kids and the parents' interactions with each other? Well, only only kind of, but so there. You were just talking about the parents having talk about responsible sex to the kids, and um, right, like oh, um, Trey being like she was on the pill, and he's like, yeah. I told you to use one anyway, even if she says she's on the pill. He said that won't stop your dick from falling off. Mm-hmm. Um, they have some conversations toward the beginning of the movie uh, the kids do is this bef- yeah it's at when they're playing dominoes or are they that. have they grown up yet or not mm-hmm. about hiv mm-hmm. or were they calling it aids or hiv whatever they, they were huh they didn't call it aids yeah they did not understand how it worked at all and they're in the early 90s we definitely like at least people who were young i think definitely didn't and the 80s is where it was really hitting so any, anyways it was just interesting to 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 see that level of you know, ignorance essentially of this disease that I think the public understands way, way, way more now. Mm-hmm. But I still don't know how well I guess a seventeen-year-old understands the transmission of HIV. I don't think we knew publicly. I don't think people really understood it. It was still because think about it. Magic comes out around that time, and you've got people being like, "I don't want to play basketball with him. What if I yeah. get it? What if he sweats on me?" Yeah, I think the as a whole, the public was still very ignorant about. And we transmit a little bit. We we've talked about it a few times. A very that YouTube thing, a very special episode. Mm-hmm. And the one one of the ones they had was God. What's Webster in? What is this? Webster? What's the show called? Different oh, strokes. Different, no, different show wasn't Webster. What's called Webster? What's it called Webster? Something else other than Webster. Whatever the case is, um, there was a, a boy who had gotten HIV from a drug drug transfusion. And the parents were like wanting to pull their kids out of school. Oh, blood transfusion, yeah. Yeah, like all of this stuff. Yeah, it's it, called Webster. It was called Webster. Yeah, Emmanuel Lewis. Okay, I think it's that show. Go ahead. Webster had an AIDS episode. Yeah, we should watch the video. But basically, it's like yeah, like they didn't know, they didn't understand the transmission. There was so much they didn't understand, and so this kid having it, terrifying all of these parents. You know. um, I guess one of the reasons, I guess, to to close that out is the reason why it stands out to me is because we're an 80s podcast, and if we're going to talk about the drug war at some point, or probably or, or Chernobyl or any of those big things, we probably should talk about the AIDS out, uh, yeah, epidemic. Yeah, I, I saw a great documentary about it at SIF a couple years ago. I'll try to find the name of it, but it was really just about the lack of support from the government early on. Oh yeah, because it was then, it was hitting people that they, they did not particularly care about to begin no. with. And then like then the infighting amongst the communities and sort of how they sort of came out of it. It's a great documentary. It was great. It's and it's really moving and probably, well, should, you probably should, if you find it, we could we should do the episode on that documentary. Yeah, you cry like five times watching it. Like yeah. I choked up. I believe because they're they're having this scene where they're all having this argument, and one guy in the group stands up and says something I thought was very profound. And it was, it was um, I, I, I'm watching it's like, man, these people are just arguing. And then this dude stands up and he gets everyone's attention and like gives this sort of monologue about like 
this is what's happening to us, and we've got to figure out what to do. It's really because they're not going to do it for us. Nope, they're not going to do it for us. Nope. We got to figure this out. All right, we're going to absolutely add it. I think it actually might be in the box already. To be honest, do you know what it's called? No, I'm just talking about the AIDS epidemic and oh, like in terms of 80s topics. I, yeah, I yeah. think that's probably the uh, war on drugs is probably in there too. I think we we were like we've been doing movies because it's easier to structure around. Mm-hmm. So we need to start find if there's a topic like a, a social topic, trying to find a movie that we can discuss base the discussion around. Yeah, that's I'm okay with that. Um, okay, anything else? Oh no, I didn't tell you guys about my favorite. So my favorite thing about Boys in the Hood growing up was Marsh Chestnut because I had a crush on him <laughs> and he's so attractive and he's on a show right now called Enemy Within yeah he's like stayed he looks beautiful. good man oh he's man still looks, he still Uh-oh. looks good that's was talking about Morris Chestnut since I met her mm-hmm. he still looks good I've always loved props him props to him props and, to that dude yeah and then he's in that and then um, his death like that whole all of the blood I just remember that. Okay, let's go into influences. This is what he still looks like? Yes. He mm-hmm. still looks like that. Damn. <laughs> so what are you guys' influences? What, uh, wait, are, I want you to keep going on on, that, on, on your I point. Just, I, I just love him. Well, the, that, that, the part where he gets shot is extremely effective. The way he's running, like the look on his face. And then the second shot, I feel like, is the one oh. that starts to t- actually comes through the other side of his body. So, I, yeah, I wasn't talking about that. I'm talking about, so, like... When I think about this movie from whatever, like the 10-year-old that I was, whatever age, mm-hmm. I think of all of the blood when they're carrying it, when they get him into the house and yeah. they lay him on the couch and all of this blood and the screaming and crying, that's a scene that has like stuck in my head for a very, very, very long time. You know what's really effective is that they carry that blood multiple scenes, right? Yeah. Because it's on... Um, Trey. It's on Trey when he gets home. And he has the interaction with his dad, which is amazing. The interaction with his girlfriend, which is ama- Nia Long, which is amazing. Then he goes and gets in the car. And he has the blood on him the whole time. Yeah, and then he gets home and lays on the bed. And mm-hmm. it's still the blood. Yeah. Also, I was during that part, I was like, I'm really glad that they didn't get pulled over. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but the other piece, like, so that's growing up. That was my favorite thing. Okay. Just more shit, isn't it? Uh, and then now it is just the, the fact of the movie itself. Like the, the way it was made. It's a, it's, it's a great, great, great movie. I am very impressed now seeing it as an adult. So what are the influences? Um, a lot of stuff. I will say, I think it gets, it gets a bad rap sort of this gangster film. Yeah, it's but it's more, not. Same with Juice. Juice gets the same rap, and it's kind of Juice isn't either. It's not. It, there's elements of like what's happening in these communities, but it's not a movie about about. Like, it. Even Ice Cube says "cuz" a couple times, but there's nothing that says that no he's actually Crip or anything specific in any gang. As far as I remember, I didn't hear I, him say okay. anything. Like the I, other I kids think are in he red. Definitely is. Yeah, no, have, but, but they don't not, say it, it. It's not even if it is in there. It's and not. It's the not focal glorified point of the story. at all. Right. Not so this is where I want to bring in the the point that. The Black Moon Can't Jump podcast makes some, I think it's Dura, makes all the time. Glorifying gangsterism, whatever, no. Um, the Godfather, Goodfellas, um, fucking The Departed. These are like best Other picture movies. Glorify. And they, mm-hmm. these are not people who are even trapped in situations. They choose because they're power hungry or mm-hmm. whatever to go and become murderous gangsters. And these movies get elevated. Mm-hmm. And this movie, Showing like all of the shitty things that happen from this gangsterism, like very raw, 
gets people up in arms. Yeah. Essentially what you're saying. Yeah. Um, Did it, though? Is it controversial? No, yeah. I mean, but at the time. At the time it was. It was? At the time. Same with Menace, same with, yeah. But it was influential. We get, we end up so with, we know what the difference is. I kind of want to do Menace, even if it didn't... Uh, we, we end up with Cube having an acting career and, and producing stuff. Are we and, there yet? Uh, <laughs> I mean, like in all seriousness, having like a legitimate acting career. And it started with John Singleton giving this opportunity. We had Menace that came after it and, and the careers that came off of that. Uh, we've had, you know, countless other... I mean, what it did also, I think, was inspire other black, young black people to get into filmmaking. So the Avas of the world... Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, these types of people to go out and get involved in film because they saw this critically acclaimed film about our culture in a way that was sort of unfiltered and, and raw that spoke to young people that I think I truly appreciate it. And so it's allowed a lot of other stuff to happen. So it was interesting sure. to have the one two punch. There's probably other ones too, but the one two punch of Spike Lee and John Singleton right around the same time, like bringing that sort of raw vision very different way different styles but that's why i say it's like a it's yeah yeah i mean like think yeah Mm -hmm. and as far as far as continuing careers there's um uh uh sorry cuba gooding jr ends up playing oj yeah and the one thing i appreciated about that oj thing did is that they started off with the um rodney king beating the riots and then the riots and then got into it giving it context and that's what I appreciate about this movie because I did not remember any of the stuff from from before the 90s. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize it started off with a significant time when they were kids. I didn't even remember that. That was yeah, effective. And, I mean, this led to Cuba Gooding Jr. probably getting an Academy Award. I don't know if he gets that look in Jerry Maguire if he's not in this critically acclaimed film. But what about course. Snow Dogs? Maybe Snow Dogs. <laughs> I mean, that happened after he got his award. Yeah. But I, I like that. <laughs> Neil Long, Regina King just won an Academy Award. She did, yeah. finally. Finally got hers. Um, For Bill Street? Yeah. Oh. You also get Friday a little bit from this. There's, yeah. A, yeah, lot no, there's a lot of There's a lot of Friday here. Yeah, there's yeah. a lot of nods to this in Friday, which mm-hmm. is great. Now, I don't like the sequels at all, but I like Friday. Yeah. I was getting a few lines mixed up between the two, because when there's the car sitting down at the end of the street, um, mm-hmm. I thought that's when they were like, Drive by. Yeah, <laughs> no. Fr- Friday is Friday. much more comical. It is, yeah. Yeah. Um, other influences? These guys are big names. So, so sticking with kind of what you're saying, like a lot of the people in this movie have been in more and are famous. Like these are names I know, and it's not just because I happen to watch this movie when i was a kid like these are these are big names like oh, you said academy award winners yeah. and and a lot of memes come from the ricky getting shot in the in the in the alley what did the memes say oh, oh, they've popped up for people edited on, on the internet where it's like someone falling the soul i'm running and then and you'll see ricky and then <laughs> the shot will go off and you'll see the person tumble down the stairs what so, yeah. that's not a that's a bad meme it, they're pretty great lots of memes are there's bad. lots of memes to come out of that huh i'm going tons of them like i'll find it. some for no. you that are funny i'll make this my last one but you no, said sir i don't like it you, you used um friday as a as one of the things that was influenced by this and I'm pretty sure Ice Cube has said that he wanted to make this movie not as a, a, a response necessarily to a movie like Boys in the Hood, but kind of to show what is a regular day. Mm-hmm. You know, one, one we're not day. every, 
<laughs> today was a good day. Yeah. You don't use your AK today. Yeah. So th- it, it's day. like not all of our life is like, uh, you know, the, the couple of days of Boys in the Hood. Sometimes a Friday, well, it starts off kind of normal. Just, it, they were trying to get across that there's some normality to living there. And it's not all about the violence. Is that F. Gary Gray? Who? Directed Friday, right? Yeah. And he did Creed 2, maybe? No. He did uh, Furious 7. Furious 7. Yeah, yeah he was Furious. on something close, big. Very and close. He's, and he's doing Men in Black International. Uh, hey, speaking of which, Tim, you did not mention in your news or in your what you've been doing, but you got to hang out with... New Day uh, Northwest on the news. Talking about summer movies. I did do that. You did do that. I did do that. <laughs> That's not what I was going to say. Straight out of Compton. Fast date. Yeah, straight out of Compton. He did straight out of Compton. That makes sense. No, I was going to say you were hanging out with our girl, and I'm blanking on her name right now. Who? Men in Black. Tessa Thompson? Tessa, you and Tessa Thompson were like all cuddly and stuff. <laughs> Wait, I saw it on the IG. Did you know Tessa Thompson? I saw it on IG. No, I, you would know. You would know. <laughs> Listen, the world would know if I met Tessa Thompson. It's Isn't a great, that is a wonderful movie. Maybe, maybe like Obi Wan. Feel like like he yeah. has that feeling in the force. Something magical just yeah. happened. Damien, D- did, Damien that? did that edit for me, so I appreciate oh, that. That was done. the funniest thing. I was on the light rail the other day, and so I it was just I laughed out loud. Yeah. It was pretty great. Love, love I liked it too. <laughs> pretty good. So, um, I also forgot to tell you guys. This is um going back to how much I love Lawrence Fishburne. <laughs> I watched The Matrix this week, and it was good. because it's on. And I was it was I was pulling one of those all nighters, and like just needed to be awake and something that I know well enough that can be on i love that movie i know we talked about it a lot not long ago tim like you had been watching it um but again morpheus telling people to wake up larry frischburn for a really long time has been like drumming playing that drum what is that called drumming that beat has been banging that drum banging that drum of like wake up here's what's going on um he picks good roles. I just, I don't he know. Does. It's kind of funny, right? Because it's like, you got school days, then you go to, how different they are, though. You got school days, Boys in the Hood, and then The Matrix. I mean, there's others, too, but those three, just thinking Did about them. Did he even start in, like, Full Metal Jacket? But was he telling people to wake up? I don't remember, he but he apocalypse. lied to get in Apocalypse, he apocalypse now. now. He, like, lied to get into that movie? Yeah. Uh, did he? I didn't know that. I think part. They, I, the story is that he was not old enough. I, oh, that's funny because in school days, that was the same for what's her face. She wasn't old enough and she had to get her parents' consent or something, right? We talked about uh, this. Right, but she didn't lie. Right, True. he lied to do it. Just, was just like, kind of like, did one of your grandparents do that to get into the army? There were people who did that in, world, in the World War II era because they wanted to serve, and they would they would lie about their age so that they could go into the army before they were like eighteen. I don't think I know. I don't think either. I don't think any of my grandparents did that. Is there, <laughs> okay. There's a Central Five documentary that just came out, right? Yeah. Yeah, I'm about to watch that shit too. Oh, jeez. Good luck with that. It's not gonna be good. It's heavy. I deal with heavy fairly well. I don't have the space for it right now. Yeah, I'm no, gonna watch it. I uh, can didn't introduce Chernobyl. Like it was like, okay, yeah. this has been a shit day. The world's coming apart. I just need to relax. And Ken says, okay, well, let's watch this, and starts it. And I'm just like, <sighs> thank goodness for wine. Mm-hmm. Okay, so 
Are we ready to rate it? Do we even need to? Classic yeah, or past classic. it? Classic. Classic. No question. Uh, okay. So thank you, John Singleton, for being amazing and for your legacy. And at some point, we will talk about higher learning and poetic justice because those are two other really pivotal movies in my life. And they're amazing. And everybody loves them. No? Except for uh, what's our face? Never mind. We will probably do those when we become our 90s podcast. When we get to our 90s years. Okay, but next week, we are going to celebrate the beginning of summer with Splash. <laughs> so next week, we're doing Splash. We're doing Splash next week with Tom Hanks. We're going to uh, celebrate mermaids. And I don't know why I think this needs to be the beginning of summer film, but it is. No, it's a good choice. Thanks. So we're going to do that next week. Um, when, By the way, when does summer actually begin? Uh, next week. Yeah, um, the 21st is the summer solstice. Oh, so, I get you. I get yeah, you. so it'll be next week. And we will celebrate it with Splash. When, Kendon, what will we be? We'll be back 